BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Hump Day! Yes, welcome in everybody. What is up, Decoy Gaming? Chuck Hutton, Mr. Taz, B-Sing Sports, A Killer Ferret, our girl Tina, Kenny, Mood Swing Bell, another one of our girls, Jason A, Mr. Taz, Tyler, what is up? People, happy, happy Wednesday. Welcome on in to Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Gunner, six <clears throat> hours and seven minutes away from the first pitch. You're welcome. I know yeah, you, you missed it. I know you, you needed a countdown, my friend. You you are jacked up. I am jacked up. You I are am. jacked up. And I'm rightfully representing, so. I'm representing. All right. So, so right out of the gate, yes. I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Um, because I've been thinking about this since yesterday. Game two, yes. Phillies have the Braves dead to rights for seven innings. Dead no to right. No doubt. And all of a sudden, the bottom falls out, and an unbelievable double play mm -hmm. that has never occurred in the history of postseason baseball. Yep. And you saw the euphoria from the Braves players as if they had finally broken a seven-year curse. Yes. 
What level of concern do you have as a loyal, supportive Phillies fan slash journalist that maybe, just maybe, and we we take in consideration Atlanta's yep. coming here. Yep. Are you concerned that the Phillies may have woken a sleeping giant? Concerned? Yes. Overly concerned? No. Two reasons. One, I think the Phillies have a great advantage on the mound. Whether whether Atlanta rolls out Elder or or Smith, uh, whatever his name is, uh, Shaver, either one, the Phillies have a great advantage. Or if it's a piggyback game for them at on the mound with Aaron Nola, and I know that sounds crazy considering the year that Nola's had, but I but I think they've made some corrections, and I think he's going to pitch well. And the old adage in baseball is, you know, momentum's only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. So I think that's one. Two, they are playing in a place that's in a, you know a, a loony bin. And I mean that as affectionately as I can say it. Uh, So I think those two things offset some of that sting. And I also think, Gunner, in the moment, like I'm sure on the plane ride home, man, those guys were like, damn, we we had them dead to rights. We we were about to put our, our foot on their throat and just it was over. So I'm sure they were hurting that day. But when that crowd rolls into that place tonight, when that game starts, man, I think I think they put it aside. And they've been very good all year at bouncing back from awful, awful losses. They, a couple times, you remember, we, we came on the next day, Harper True. hit a home run to tie it or give them a lead, and the bullpen gives it up. They've been really good at bouncing back. So I think for all of those reasons, I believe momentum-wise, they're going to be okay. I, I truly do believe that. But I'd be lying to you if I said that there wasn't a part of me that was like, you had the opportunity to, to kill the bad guy in the movie. Yeah, and you you put a couple shots in his in his shoulder, but you didn't get him in the chest or the head. Like he's still breathing. It's like so, the Terminator. Yeah. You Terminator. Every time you think you put him down, he comes yeah. back. It's like Freddy Krueger. It's like Jason. Every yeah. time you think you put him in the grave, all of a sudden they rise to the occasion. I will say, I'm I'm with you 100 with everything you just eloquently said. But Atlanta's that one team that doesn't fear playing in front of this crowd. It's going to come down to execution on both parts i get that but i just sat there as i watched the end of that game and watched the celebration it was as if it was as if uh the braves had won the billion dollar lottery you know because if you looked at the expressions on their faces leading up to that they looked dead dead in the water yeah and then all of a sudden it's like a new life has been (laughs) chuck chuck hutton (laughs) chuck hutton says I knew D Gun was going to reopen the room. <laughs> no, it's it's got to be talked about. No, man. it's real. It's real. It's a valid. That, that, look, we don't cheerlead here. We 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 keep it no, real, and that it, it is a real thing. facts, man. I'm sorry, Gunner, I'm not trying to reopen wounds, brother. No, you're keeping it real. And and here here's where I I really, you know, we always want to point blame after a big loss, and there there's a lot of blame to go around. But for me, Turner on the relay throw. That was like a, a a routine little league play. Yeah, yeah. Booting that thing and giving them a run is what really started giving them life, Derek. That first of all, the place was quiet. The whole yep. you know the truest ballpark was quiet. Atlanta's bullpen or uh, dugout was just you know not not moving, not doing anything, and that got it going. That that I think was a little piece that they needed. It, it, and to me, this is what drives me crazy. 
Turner can make the play that he made in game one, which was one of the great defensive plays that you're ever going to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he boots two routine balls game two. I'm sorry. Like I get human error happens sometimes and I'll even give him that on the one that he, that he kicked at shortstop, yep. but the relay that's concentration. How are you not locked in, in an NLDS game? I'm sorry. That's inexcusable. And I hope Derek that the other part is leaving all the runners in scoring position and, and on base. I hope that's a wake-up call to this Phillies team because Atlanta can get you back as fast as any team in baseball yes, or yes, faster. Yes. Um, I will say this. You know, go back to game one. You know, Strider threw one away also, you know. Yeah, yeah. On, uh, 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 Harper, and, Harper on first base. Yep. He, so he threw one away. I mean, it, it happens. Adrenal, adrenaline rush, trying to make that play. You know, when you're talking about making plays in a fraction of a second, the greatest of the greatest have, have made throwing errors. It's it's unfortunate when it happens, but I think it's more magnified because of the type of season that Turner has had. You know, he led the majors in errors uh, through, you know, the month of uh, early August, and then all yep. of a sudden turned things around after that standing ovation, but it's still there that it could resurface, and unfortunately it did. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's coming down to – it's going to come down to execution, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as dangerous as this Phillies lineup is, Atlanta's lineup is just as dangerous. You know, uh, they came in here and they they won what three out of four in Philly? Was it? What's up? They like? actually, uh, I, no, it was better than that. They won five of six during the regular season here, okay. but they lost the only two that they played last year in the playoffs. In the playoffs here, yep. And you know, we saw a similar scenario. Uh, you know, Strider owned the Phillies in the regular season this year. Strider lost to them in the playoffs last year. Turns around. Loses game one again to them this year. Okay. Yes. Um, yep. You know, there are patterns here, but every story, it's one thing, it's the greatest thing about sports. It's unfortunate that one side has to go home disappointed when it's all said and done. But the greatest thing about sports is there's nothing pre scripted. You can yep. pre script nothing, you know, and we sit and analyze from baseball to football to basketball, and all of a sudden you see something completely different. So everything that we talk about today, as well as everybody else across the uh, platforms, the, the, the sports platforms, are going to analyze this, the pluses, the minuses. We're going to see elements in this game tonight we're not expecting. And hopefully they are in favor of the Phillies. But that Atlanta team is a doggone good team as well. There's a reason why they won 104 games. There's a reason why they hit 307 home runs. You know, by far the most powerful team in all of baseball this year. Um the psychological advantage that Phillies would have had after game two was insurmountable. You know, you'd have, you'd have buried Atlanta here. My fear is if Atlanta gets that one game here and you got to go back to Atlanta, it's a whole nother ball game. I agree. Look, I, I think it's going to be, you, I, I think whoever wins tonight wins the series. Let me put it. Oh, and I think ooh. whoever wins the series wins the world series. Whoever wins tonight wins the NLDS. Whoever wins this NLDS wins the World Series. So I think there's a lot at stake. This is a gigantic game. If they lose, it's probably the last – it could be the last game that Aaron Nola pitches for the Phillies. Could there's be. a lot of things at stake here. Um, no question about it. And yeah. to see how they respond tonight, I agree with uh, – I agree. I think it's a must win. I think it's a must win tonight for the Phillies. I really um, do. I, I'll go so far as to say if Aaron Nola pitches like he's pitched the last three outings, if he does that in this game later today, his his financial w- worth will go through the roof. 
everything that happened for most of the season is inconsistencies. People will forget because they're going to say, that's the Aaron Nola, the ice water in his veins we expected to see. Yep. And all of a sudden, whether it's with the Phillies or with other teams pursuing him, the numbers are going to go up significantly for him. I agree. I agree. Look, last three outings, just to back up your point, he faced the Marlins, Pirates, and Braves. 19 yep. and two-thirds innings pitched, three runs allowed. I mean, he dealt. So, I mean, and that one game, the Marlins, that's a playoff game, seven innings, not a run allowed. I get it, it's the Pirates. But the game before that was the Braves. He yep. went six innings, six hits, two runs. So he's, you know, if, if Scott Fransky, when he was on our show last week, yep. uh, told us the, the adjustment they made was having him look at the pitch clock uh, to his left, which is the one uh, closer to the Phillies dugout on the first base side uh, when they're home. If, if that was the adjustment that they feel like that changed things for him. And look, for whatever, whether you want to believe that or not, confidence has a lot to do with success. And he feels good about himself right now. So the, yep. the big thing is just avoid those crazy innings. I'll give you numbers later, Derek, of what he how he does with runners not on base versus on base. And it is, man, what a difference. So we'll 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 get into that. Yeah, sure. uh, to pick up on something you said a few moments ago about whoever wins this series, you believe wins the World Series. Um, um, I, I agree with you for the most part, but I look at two incredible Cinderella stories, and I don't know if one can be considered a Cinderella story because they won a lot of ball games. But I'm looking at what Arizona's doing. They haven't lost a game yet in the playoffs. I'm looking at what Texas is doing, you know, and those two teams. They're both talented teams, power hitting teams, great pitching teams. All of a sudden, they've caught fire. Yes. Both of these teams. Oh, I agree with you. Look, Texas, and they knocked off a phenomenal Baltimore team. Oh, my goodness. Three straight. Oh, my goodness. They had a really good offseason, and they have an excellent manager. Bruce Bochy is a guy who led San Francisco to three World Series titles. Okay. This guy's legit, man. And the other team that's dangerous, and just real quick, not do a whole baseball thing, but Houston, man. Until they're dead and buried, yes. look out for Houston. I was just telling you that. You see how they hit the ball? They won a game the other yeah. day, 9-1. to one. I was hoping they weren't going to get in, Derek, because they were close. They almost didn't get in the playoffs. Came down to the last day. Yep. They look out for Houston. Yes, um, I agree with you on both of those teams, man. And 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 let's not slate Arizona. Arizona's rolling right now. Let me tell you something. Arizona ain't no joke, man. Nope. Those boys are smacking the ball, playing great defense. They're getting great pitching, not just from the starting pitching and bullpen. Yeah. They're shutting people down. The Dodgers are dumbfounded right now by what Arizona. Do you know that um, um, Baltimore had not been swept a series the entire season? Is that they, right? They had not been swept. They hadn't lost three in a row the entire I season, that. I believe. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a good stat. Yeah, I, I I watched a lot of that game last night. I kept I, – I always – I have a – you know, I like Baltimore. Right? They're – you know, I, I always like Baltimore. Um, so I was hopeful that they would make it a series, man. But Texas is tough. Texas is tough. I will yeah. go so far, I will go so far as to say this: as much as I want the Phillies to get to the World Series, yeah. if somehow, some way they don't, I don't care who's in the World Series this year. I'm watching whether it's Texas, Houston, Arizona, Atlanta. I'm watching because yeah. the talent level is so incredible on all the teams that are still standing. It, it, it it's amazing. I've got to see. Whoever the finalists are, it's going to be a great series. I agree. I got to see it. I have to see it. I agree. It's fun. It's it's fun about this time of year. Uh, Fitness Rebel checking in. Uh, Father Sean, we see you guys. What's going on, Chuck? What's going on, everybody? Jason? Trying to call me now. (laughs) Don't call me now. She's being nice to you today. She she missed you yesterday. 
She yes. didn't miss me. She didn't miss me. She just loves to antagonize. You two are like brother and sister, man. You 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 battle. I like it. I she like just it. loves to antagonize me. That's it. I like that she likes to antagonize you. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you all in favor. You. I'm I'm in favor of you being antagonized. Um, all right. So a couple things. Eagles back practicing today, Gunner. Uh, they had the Jets next. Uh, Nicobe Dean. They opened the window on him yesterday. What they call the 21 day practice window. Basically, it just means. He's back at practice, and if he's up to it, I don't, I don't know that he, you know, we'll, we'll see. But he could play Sunday if they, if they felt he was up to it. I don't know yeah. that he is because he's missed significant time here. But he's back from the foot injury. Look, it just gives you more depth. You know, I will say this in his in his absence, I give credit to Morrow and Cunningham. They're not perfect. They're not complete linebackers. All those kind of things. But I think they played pretty darn well, all things considered. I, I agree. Um, I agree. Um, my, here's my concern with Nicobe. I hate to say this because I think he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. Can he? Look, yeah, he always gives me crap. It's okay. <laughs> you know what, Fitness Rebel? Stop. <laughs> no, you know, get get a shoulder to cry on Fitness Rebel. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Don't get be attacking Fitness Rebel. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, but um, I wonder if Nicobe Dean is stout yeah. enough to play in the middle, to be honest with you. I wonder yeah. if he's stout enough. I, I don't know. And I've said this before the season started. I think he's a little too light to be to hold it down in the middle. And we've seen we've seen smaller linebackers like the Devin Whites and these guys. Uh you know, but they're like five eleven, six foot two thirty-five, two forty. I wonder if he's stout enough to 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 be durable enough to hold down the fort in the middle. Um, yeah. I think he would be better suited as a will. I, I really do. Um, obviously the Eagles see it otherwise. And hey, you know what? They they're the ones that look at him on film, watch him in practice. They put him in the best position possible. I get that. But I just hope I don't see him get injured again because then you know what's gonna happen. Not just me, across the board. His durability is gonna come into play on so many social media platforms, being able to hold up uh for an entire season. And of course, they're gonna talk about his size um as well. I think he's a phenomenal athlete, his range is incredible. Um, the ability to cover, to get down the line of scrimmage and stop running backs from turning the corner um, is incredible. Uh, but I do worry about his durability, which is going to come into question. No question about that. Yeah. No, look, uh, Derek, it's the million-dollar question with him. And one game he got hurt. You know what I mean? It's like it, – it's 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 very fair question. Uh, I did a yeah. show with him before the season, and uh, we were in person. We were sitting next to him. And – First of all, the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Smart, everything. He's got everything going for him. But yeah. looking at him and sitting next to him, I, I felt like I was sitting next to a safety. Like he just doesn't – you don't feel like the size is there. And it doesn't mean he can't do it. Uh, right, right. The guy was a great college player at the highest level for the best defensive team in college football. So I, I think I think he's very much in a wait and see. Hopefully he's able to stay healthy the rest of this year and will have a much better handle on exactly – you know, whether or not he can do this. And, and I think, you know, the Eagles believed in him enough to make him the starter going into the season. So they have a belief in him. And, uh, you know, to a degree, uh, you, have, you have trust that if they see it in him, then then he can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know better. They know better than we do. They know, you know, you can't, considering they're 5-0, and who am I to question anything that they're doing and how they, you know, strategically put the chess pieces on the board? You know, it, it may not be flawless, but up to this point, it's worked. I mean, Hey, there's only two teams left in the NFL that are unblemished, and one of them reside right here in Philadelphia. So, yeah, um, yep. can't complain about that. 
Well, and and later we we haven't broken. I'm surprised we haven't done it yet. But as we head into week six, we're going to break out a power ranking. We we have woo, not gone, woo. we have not power ranked. Uh, oh, yes. You didn't give a hump, did year. you give a hump day today? I I gave a killer hump day. I pulled like four muscles doing it. Yes, I'm, I'm still in okay, recovery. All right. Just you want another sure. one? I'll give you one more. Yeah, give me give me another one here. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Hump day. You're showing your age, old man. You're showing your age. All right. I need I need a I need a masseuse. I need I need to uh, all right, all right. I'm okay. All right. So no, I I I uh yeah, I'm excited. We so we're gonna do our, our top five power rankings of the NFL. Who are our top five teams right now? Because there's a lot of different ways you could go with this. And I I was looking at how the uh the Las Vegas odds have moved quite a bit. And there's a little disrespect to the Eagles. I will just say that there's a little disrespect because they haven't necessarily played their a game um, yet, which I think we'd all agree. I think the Eagles would agree. They haven't played their a game yet, but there's something to be said for a team that's able to get wins, even when not playing their a game. Like there's, there's something to be encouraged about with that. Um, You know what? In, 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 in per, imperfect perfection is fine with me. Yo, Yes, oh, you want Tina. to jump in too? Yes, oh, Tina. Like yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang. D-Gun. D-Gun taking shrapnel in, in his oh, look, return. Oh, Mr. Taz, oh, you want to get in? Oh, Dinosaur Derek calling Rob old will never not be funny. Dinosaur Derek? You have no idea how old I am, first of all, number one. Number two, how old are you, Mr. Taz? We haven't seen your face. We, we don't know. You know, you could be somebody sitting in a rocking chair somewhere, man. You know, drinking a little a little hot a little hot tea or something with a little shawl. Yeah. A little hot uh, toddy with a little shot on, man. That's right. Bring bring it oh today. You know what? It's hump day, as yes. Robin said. It's hump day. We're talking football. We're talking playoff baseball. You know what? Can't nothing, nothing, nothing phase me today. You know, it I takes like a lot to get to me anyway, Rob. You know, I know. I like, you I like are like get... Teflon, man. Ping, ping, yeah. ping. All the shots are just flying off you. I know. I know how it you works. Know, I, you know, I, look. I like to I like to tease people and I take it like the best of. I always tell people if you can't laugh at yourself, you have no reason laughing at anybody else. Seriously, Correct. you know. Correct. And you know me, Rob. I love to tease. I love to antagonize. Yeah. And and I think it's funny. You would come at me. Anybody come at me? I think it's funny. It's hilarious. You can't get to me, man. There's too too much going on in the world. I look, I'm all about having some fun. Thank like you, Anthony. thank you, Anthony. Uh, no, yes. I, Anthony's got your back. Yes, Anthony. Look, I'm not trying to get anybody, bro. I'm gonna give it and I'm gonna take it, man. That's how it goes, bro. It's all, it's all good, fun and games, man. You know what it is? It's all good. Fire. It's yes, fire. yes. It's all it is. Um, it's oh, the we... people. It's the people who take stuff to the gutter that I right. wish we could eliminate from our chat and every chat on the Jacob Media. You know, there's some people that just get on here to be nasty, Correct. take yep. stuff to the gutter. But you know what? For the most part, our, our, our crew, our daily crew, they're funny. Oh, people funny. They man. are. We, I, we, I tell you, man, we, you, there's nothing better. I, Jim Valvano had the great speech, you know, where he talked about, right. you know, you, you've had a full day if you've laughed, if you've cried, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's right. I'm not, hopefully there isn't, there's tears of joy, hopefully. But if you haven't laughed, you haven't kind of belly right. laughed throughout right. the course of the day, you probably haven't had a great day, man. It's yeah. nice to laugh. It's nice to laugh at yourself. It's nice to have somebody, you know, make you laugh, whatever. Laugh with people, not, not you know, at people or whatever. And that's what it's all about. And that's what we do. 
That's what we do. That's what we, at least I, we I, hope we do. Yeah. I will, I will never let anyone ruin my entire day. Now, you might have bad moments in a day, you know, stressful moments in a day, but no one can ruin my entire day. Yeah. Not, well it's not going to happen. Well said. Happen, well you know. said, my friend. Uh, okay. We have an answer now. It's Bryce Elder. We'll get the start for the Braves tonight, Gunner. There uh -oh. was some question of how they uh -oh. would do this thing. All right, well, let me give you something on him. Um, if you look at his numbers from the, the overall season, they're pretty good. However, if you dig a little bit deeper and you look at him after the All-Star break, so after the All-Star break, 5.75 ERA in 14 starts. Mm. That's not great, okay? Mm. Uh, he had one good start mm. one bad start against the Phillies this season. It, it's really kind of a 50-50 split. Uh, for him. So this is advantage Phillies uh, as far as the pitch goes. It, it is. It really is. It is. And, and I can't, we can't emphasize enough. The last three outings of Aaron Nola have been stellar outings, but I do have my concerns about Aaron Nola on the Hill. I still do. I just, I'm trying to be more positive, right? I really am. We've seen that positively come out in Aaron. This last three starts. Um, yeah. But up, we've had a whole season sample of, inconsistent Aaron Nola, and, and I have my concerns stepping on the hill today. I really do. Yeah, That place is going to be at a fever pitch. Um, you know, the 10th the man for the Phillies is an integral part of their success. The players feed off of that 10th man. Um, but like I said before, Atlanta is one of the few teams that are not, not buckled by a crowd noise. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think the other thing, too, is the, the hard part about Nola – we know this, Derek. He can look great first two, three, four innings. And you're saying to yourself, oh, man, you know, here we go. And then when it comes apart, it comes apart. So you until he's out of the game, you're never really feeling – unless the Phillies have a 10-run lead or something like that. You're never feeling comfortable. I, I wasn't on the show yesterday. I never got a chance to ask you. Um, were you okay with where, um, you know, Thompson decided to pull Wheeler on Monday? Uh, yeah, I had no problem. Yeah, the, I think the big controversy was should he have started the seventh. I had no problem with him starting the seventh. I didn't. Oh, I, I, I still felt like he was very, very strong. Yeah. yeah, me either. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I really. That wasn't a game. I I blame Thompson. I think the players, man, I, leaving all the runners on base that they left on as bad as they were with runners in scoring position. Right. The, the right. two errors we talked about with Turner, and then you know Harper made a. I, I don't even kill Harper for it because I know his thought process is that thing hits the wall. I'm scoring. Right. Exactly. But, so, but it, but it came down to those errors by the players, in my opinion, more than it did the managerial decisions. I mean, we, we just to come to the realization um, that this Phillies team has been aggressive on the base paths all season and 98% of the time it has worked in their favor, you know, and it was just one of the times it just did not the laws of baseball averages just did not work in their favor because you're right. If that ball ricochets off Harris's glove, if it caroms off the wall, run scores easily. You know, yeah. Harper's Harper's running through stop signs at third base. He ain't stopping until he gets home. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's it's five nothing at that point. Um, or you know, you know, at least they 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 come back. But you know, it happens. I agree. Part of baseball, it happens. Yeah, it is now. It now the script. Now, will you get to watch? The entire game, or do you have other responsibilities? No, I'm I'm going today. I'm going. Yeah, well, I'm going. Yeah, you're going to the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, my um, it, it's going to be fine. I get that. I, I, my wife and my son are going, so the three of us are going to go, uh, down to the game. So I'm as soon as we get off the air, 
I'm rolling, man. I'm, I'm going to go get him and we'll go. Uh, we're going to have fun. Where, yeah. where, where are your seats? Where are you sitting? Uh, I'm like in the, like, I'm up, at, I think I'm up in the right field, you know, a little high up. I, there's no bad seats there. I'm, okay. I'm good. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. I just want to be there. I don't, I'm not worried about it. You know, I'll be, I'll be fine. Yeah. You are the consummate Philly sports loyalist, my friend. I bow before you. I'm excited. No, I'm excited. Look, playoff <laughs> baseball is is a different animal, man. It really is. It's it's a whole different thing. So Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be fun. Will will you stay for the entire game? Abs a hundred percent. I will be staying for okay. the whole game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's now, be fun. Are you one of these guys that strategically park far away from I have friends who do this, and this is this is great, but I, I still won't do it. I have friends when they go to sporting events, they strategically park far away so they're not stuck in the main congestion around a stadium or you know a ballpark. When they jump in their car, they have a clear sailing to go. Yeah. And they, they may park as far as a mile away and walk. Uh, yeah, I do that. I do that. I learned that when you and I worked at the Wells Fargo Center, okay? So for people who don't know, Derek and I worked, uh, when we worked for Comcast Sportsnet and NBC Sports Philadelphia, yep. our offices were and our studios we're in the Wells Fargo Center. Yep. So on game days, we couldn't park where we normally park, kind of right in front of the door. You had to park. Right. Uh, th- those areas were cordoned off for people. So what I learned, I think you probably did the same thing. I would go I, I would go as far as I could go. There was a spot right where you could get out on that little side street, which yep. poured you into broad. And yep. it was the it was the best move you ever made. It got you right out of there quickly on game nights. So I adapted that, Derek, to every sporting event I go to. I know a place to park at Citizens Bank. I know a place to park. I don't really go to – when I go to Eagles games, it's work. I don't I don't generally go to Eagles games as a fan. I'm there in the press box, and then I'll roll at halftime right, to go to the right. studio. So it's different. But but when I go to either Flyers, Sixers games or Phillies games, I'll, I'll bite the bullet, have the long walk to the game, and a little bit of a walk to get out of the game, but I can't be in that – that that sea of humanity, man. No, I, I, I have no problem, but yeah, it's exactly what I do. It's exactly do, what I, uh, do. I had to, I had it down to a science parking on the on the back side of that Wells Fargo lot by that gate. Yep. You're right. Slip out that back, zip around the 95. The only problem is sometimes once you made that arc and got up on, on onto a uh, broad street, that was the problem. You got stuck in that mess and you were trying to, in my case, I tried to move over three lanes to make that quick left to get back on 95 South. Sometimes it would take 20 minutes just to be able to move over to that third lane so I can yeah. make that U-turn. We did um, the same thing because we were both yeah. headed the same way. We were both going yeah. south on 95. That was the hardest <laughs> part. A, merging in to Broad was a pain in the butt. Yes. But then yeah. getting over and making the left took forever. But but once you got past that, you were fine. You had no issues whatsoever. Yeah. So You see, Tina, Tina said uh, real fans don't leave early. What you trying to say, Tina? You're not a real fan? <laughs> I'm a real fan sitting at home watching the game. Why are you taking everything personally now? She didn't single you out on that one. No, no, it's it's, it. You know what? It ain't never personal. What did Nino Brown say? It ain't never personal. It's always business. Yeah, it's always business. It ain't never personal, Rob. You should have wore your Nino Brown shirt that you have. You you haven't worn that in a while. You got to rock that bad boy. You you. I got. I wear it tomorrow, Friday. No, I'm gonna save it for Friday. All right. Good. Um, I like you it. know what? I'm a real fan sitting at home in front of my 82 inch screen TV with my fridge right here, my bathroom right there. That's a real fan, and I'm watching from start to finish. Listen, I fan. I hear you with that. Believe me. I, hey, what's up, DA Phillies Ace 34? What's up, uh, DA? Hello, guys. Um, we appreciate you, man. Uh, let's uh, let's go, Phillies. Y'all are the best. Is there anything to get excited about with the Flyers? Can possibly outshine? 
So I would say this. Is there anything you're excited about? Let's take the first part of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I think they're, they realized the way they were doing things was not the right way, the Flyers. And I think they've, they know they had to kind of tear this thing down to the stud and rebuild. So I think they understand that. So that's good. Uh, do I think they'll outshine the Sixers? No, I don't think they're good no, enough to be no, better than the Sixers, no. even though, look, the frustrations are high with the Sixers. I get it. But the Flyers are going to be one of the five worst teams, I think, in hockey. That's not going to be the Sixers. For whatever they are, they're a playoff team, and yeah, they're, they're not going to outshine the Sixers. But. Here's what I like about where the Flyers are doing. I love the, the moves they made in the front office, a fresh approach, um, you know, with Keith Jones. Um I love the I love the coach. Say what you want to say about the coach. I think he's the right coach um, to to revamp, reshape, remold um, the the young contingent of players they're going to have. I think they'll be a more competitive team. I don't think they'll be a winning team. Yeah. The the Sixers, as much as they frustrate everybody, and James Harden has been a good boy so far. Yeah. And there's a possibility James Harden could be in a Sixers uniform. Um, I do think the Sixers will be a good team. They'll, they'll win 45, 50 games. Mm -hmm. I do believe that. I just don't think it's the, the Sixers are a team that are going to go deep into the playoffs again. After watching what both Boston and Milwaukee have done, um, and, and, you know, Miami Miami lost some key components, you know, like Struess um, and Gabe, what, Gabe Vincent. Yeah, they're, they're, they're big and, losses. Those guys yeah. were, were key role players, yeah. Yeah, key role players. Um, I do, but see, Miami to me is tenacious on both ends of the floor. Just like Boston, and extremely Boston, well coached by, yeah. by Spolstra. Yeah, I think I think Boston is the best two way team in the East in terms of offense, defense. Um, I think Milwaukee by adding adding Dame. Oof. I think Milwaukee adding Dame and, and re signing a number of their players is going to be the Bucks again. They're going to win close to sixty games, fifty eight, sixty games. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and and Miami is going to be that team that's like the pit bull. You're going to have a hard time shaking them off. No doubt. I don't know if to make it a Sixers team. I don't know if 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 all the wounds that have been opened will heal by the time the season starts, by the time they get deep into the season. For that matter, we don't know if Harden's going to be here the entire season. I still believe mm -hmm. he came back and is being good because there's something in the back works here in terms of a promise they made. Look, dude, just come here, work out. We're working on trying to get you out of here. Yeah, it uh, helps you and it helps us if you if you exactly. if there's no craziness. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah, so I agree. Uh, um, <laughs> uh oh, Derek Gunn, who wins the game tonight? Twins or Astros? Well, I gotta go with Astros, man. I mean, the Twins have been phenomenal. They've they've overachieved. The Twins have, yeah. Dude, they had the worst they had the worst record for a a division winner in baseball. Yeah, and they're still standing. You know, they beat Houston one game already. But yeah, yeah I'm with you. I, I like Houston. I I, I Houston. I'd like to see the Twins upset them. Trust me, I want Houston done. But yeah, I yeah, I don't feel good about that one. That's for sure. Um, the one thing I will say, last thing on the Sixers, I, I, I am interested to see what Nick Nurse does differently from Doc, uh, how he incorporates yes, things. Yes. So I, I you know, I, I will, yes. I'll be curious about that, but yeah, there's, I'm with you. There's a, there's a lot going on in the East, man. And, and it just doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like they're good enough to get past either one of those two teams. So ultimately, yeah. you know, we're going to come to the same spot and you're sitting, you're sitting there in the second round. And if they play either one of those two teams, yeah. do I think the Sixers can beat them? No. I don't. I mean, frankly, I don't. So. Hey, look, the Phillies ace 34 presents a good question here, Rob. He said, enjoy the game. We're gun what's Gunner's ticket? You know, Gunner I, doesn't like crowds. I'm, I'm, so Gunner, 
will be in front of his big screen with his nice drink, with something he maybe fired up on the grill. I know what you're going to be up to, and, and it will be on the couch, my friend. The, the, the fact that you didn't even offer, it, it, it hurts. It hurts the left side that pumps blood. You know, it oh, just, it just pierces to the core. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, you left D-Gun out of the equation. You know, I know, oh. hey, D-Gun, would you like to join us? Nothing. You know, you know, I'm glad you brought it up, the Philly. You know, um, I was thinking the same thing, but right. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to seem, you know, petty, but now right. it's out there. Here's, here's what I'll do. If... If the Phillies get to the World Series, I will do everything I can to get Gunner a ticket. It's okay, Rob. The damage has been done. Don't worry about it. It's already been done. I can't make up for it. I got you. I got you. I still love you like a stepbrother. Don't get me wrong. Always will. But the damage is done. I'll get through this. And this too shall pass. All right. Uh, Let's get a hearing (laughs) brutal. Let's get a timeout. And we're going to look at the good through five games with the Eagles. At 12 o'clock, Derek, we're going to dip into the Jets give you some numbers. They are banged up along the offensive line. The defensive line should be able to eat in this game for the Eagles uh, against the Jets, especially considering who the quarterback is too. But we come back, just just the the start that Jalen Carter's off to, what DeAndre Swift's doing, A.J. Brown, Hurts, some other good team stats. We'll dig into all of that. Like I said, later we'll do our uh, NFL power rankings, uh, one through five here through the start. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I've been going there since I was a kid, and they've been family-owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew. Just an unbelievable assortment of food, man. 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the upside down, which is absolutely just mouth-watering, okay? They have specialized pizza. However you want it, they will make it for you. But if you're not up for pizza, they have pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. They have salads. But they're also committed to the community as Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Whether it's fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, proceeds go to those organizations. They're always looking out for the people in their community. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. 610-446-3810. That is 610-446-3810. You know what? You heard me talk about it. Let's give you a little little uh, video sampling of Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Yes, we are. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Sports Take. Let's hit the like button, friends, if we could. That is Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Wednesday. Wednesday. All right, uh, Derek. So a couple things with the Eagles here. 5-0 start, as you mentioned. Uh, one other team, the 49ers, also undefeated. I, I was looking at it today, and the, the the teams with one loss. So we have a we have a some. Uh the Dolphins, four and one. Yep. Obviously, they played very good football, had the one slip up. Kansas City, four and one. They lost their opener. That game was out Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. So they're four and one as well. Uh, Detroit four and one. They've won yep. three straight, playing very good football right now across the board. Yep, yep. yep. Tampa three and one. They they had the bye week last week. Seattle yep. three and one also had the bye week. So they're your either no loss or one loss teams. And and like I said, we'll do our power rankings later. But to be you know one of two teams still standing here through five weeks, impressive. Uh, let's start with Jalen Carter here. Um, I, and I said this yesterday. I've been saying this for a while now. I'm lifting the rookie tag off of him. Because yep. he is a premier defensive tackle, period. Um, you look at the numbers. Two sacks versus the Rams. He's got three and a half through the season so th- far through five games. Four tackles for losses. Four quarterback hits. Uh, if you do view him for, through the rookie prism, according to pro football focus, in virtually every single category among rookie defensive tackles, he's number one. Win rate, sacks, tackles, tackles for losses, etc. Uh, he is right there. And and according to Sean Desai yesterday, who was speaking about him, 
when he met with the media, he said he's like a sponge. This guy soaks up everything that is thrown his way. They they have been. I, I, he stopped himself short of saying like pleasantly surprised, but let's face it, Derek, we knew the reputation wasn't great. Uh, it's why he lasted to where the Eagles took him. But so far, you know, I, and I'm talking about off the field so far, you know, glowing raving returns on, on what kind of teammate he's been and player. You talk about a student of the game after that game against the Rams, he told the media that he spent the entire five hours on the flight to Los Angeles, looking at film of the offensive line tendencies. You know, um, usually a young player, when they get on the flight, they want to rest up, they're jaw jacking with teammates, get a couple hours of sleep. This dude's studying game film of the offensive line. Now, they spent all week studying film. He takes it a step farther to make sure he's seeing what he wants to see and already the mechanisms in his head. If I use this move, if I use this powered burst, I can do this. I can do that. Um, I don't know what to what degree Fletcher Cox has been a mentor to him, but if it has been significant because he said he's learned a lot from Fletcher, they should give Fletcher a bonus. I'm serious because this young man has surpassed in five games, I think, everybody's expectations. We knew coming out he was one of the top two defensive players on the board. Uh, Houston took who they took, and the Phillies were, the Eagles were fortunate to get this young man at number nine. Uh, man, did they get a steal at number nine with this kid? You know, and if he can stay healthy, he will be a cornerstone for this defense for at least a decade. You know how the uh, Eagles are. If they like a player, if they like a player, he's going to be here. They'll do everything they can to keep him here for a long time, i.e. Brandon Graham, mm -hmm. Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. They are not shy about keeping players that they love to keep in the fold. If this young man continues to play this kind of consistent football, he'll be with his organization for at least a decade unless something happens devastating like an injury. Yeah. Outside of that, I cannot see him not being here in Philadelphia. I really can't. I agree with you. I mean, look, what, what he's done in the early going here has been – you know, I think we all had high expectations of him. If you saw him play, you knew how talented he was. But, you know, it's one thing to do it in college. It's another thing to do it in the pros. And, it, and man, he hasn't skipped a beat. Uh, he has just been absolutely awesome so far. So that's that's one of those where, you know, a lot of times it's wait and see with, with draft picks. But, yep. man, we're not waiting for anything. You see it. <laughs> you know what this looks like. So that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting. Jake brought this up yesterday. He, he was uh, saying you can make an argument that he's an upgrade over Hargrave. First of all, in the run game, it's it's Carter all day. Yes. You know, Hargrave is a is really good at getting after the quarterback. But yes. if you prorate what Carter's doing so far, Derek, you know, three and a half through five games, yeah, he's gonna be on a he's gonna be pushing double digits. He right now he's looking at a 12 to 14 sack yeah. season as a rookie. Exactly. It's him right in line for defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, there's no question about that. Um I I, I think the way the, the Eagles like to use their D tackles. Not only is he shining, but he's allowing other players to do a lot of things as well to contribute to the overall success. And when I say other players, I mean other guys on that front seven, not the back end, but the front seven. Allow them to play certain games and stuff like that to be successful and to win more battles than they lose. This young man has already commanded the attention of every team that's on the Eagles schedule this year, and rightfully so. And Absolutely. No, this, this dude, nonstop motor. And you look at the volume of plays he's playing. It's not like he, it's not like they're overplaying him either. No. Yeah. 
And no, no, it's it's been on somewhat limited snaps. Yeah, yeah. I agree. With you. It's he's he's just going to get better. And let's face it, Rob. When you're 22, you got a whole lot more energy than when you're 29, 30, 32. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, You talk to talk to BG and Fletcher, and they're like, "Yeah, man, it, it's gets a little hey, tougher as the years go on." Hey, let, hey, let them have them. Let them I have know, them. Man. I know. Yeah. Um, I, I, let me throw this at you real quick, and we'll do the Jets next segment. But I just wanted to pass this along to you. So, uh, the the media in New York asked Robert Sala today about the tush push, and he said, "Quote." Got to try to give Jalen Hurts 11 kisses. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, it means I mean, all 11 me. guys better, yeah, yeah, better nail them. Is what you're not getting guys on. You're not. No, there's no way they don't. Number one, the offensive line is too big, and yeah. you look at how low they get when they when that ball snapped. Yeah, the leverage is crazy. The leverage because they know when the snap is, so they automatically have the advantage in terms of leg push before defense can try to lock in and push back. But then it's too late. Yeah, I agree. It's over. I agree. That's the thing. You don't think every team's trying to give Jalen Hurts 11 kisses exactly, man. every single week? You got guys uh, diving over the pile trying to grab him to hold him up until somebody else can get a push. It's not working. No. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. Not, not going to do it. Not going to debt. All right. So uh, DeAndre Swift, Gunner, uh, over 500 total yards uh, already. He's got 434 on the ground. He's got 75 in the air. He's averaging 5.7 yards per carry with two touchdowns. You know, we thought he was going to be part of a triumvirate, if you will, or even even that, that four-headed monster, uh, and maybe not be the feature guy that he's been so far, but he's blossomed into that, and, you know, he's thrived in that role. He, he's yeah. been He's been awesome for them so far. Uh, he's been everything they've wanted and then some. He's a game changer. He's a better version of Miles Sanders. Uh, as shifty of a runner as Miles Sanders was, this guy's not only shifty, but he's also a better power runner. When he lowers that shoulder and kicks in that leg drive, I think he does a better job. And that's not a knock against Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders is a very good running back. But this guy takes it to a whole nother level. He came out of college as a proficient pass catcher. He is that. I wish the Eagles would use him a little bit more in passing situations. But then again, how do you spread the wealth when you have the likes of those two Pro Bowl wide receivers and one of the best tight ends in the game? It's hard to do. Uh, but just getting him the ball, especially in open space, is automatic five, six yards from what we've seen of him so far. I just want to make sure the Eagles do a very good job of uh, controlling his touches so that he is there at the end and he doesn't have to take any setbacks physically. Right. You know, history shows, he, you know, he gets nicked up every now and then. But that's part of football also. But just just control. I don't want to see him with 28 touches in a game consistently. There are some games he may have to get 28 touches. Yeah. But you keep him right around 17, 21, 22. That's a perfect number for him. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think you could you could do more with him long haul with a little less in in the in the meantime. And you know, Gamewell's been eh. You know, maybe you try to incorporate Boston Scott a little bit more into into some of this and see what see what that looks like. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's something to, to monitor for sure because of his injury history. Hundred percent. Mm. Uh, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, man, I, I thirty five catches, five hundred forty one yards already, fifteen and a half yards per catch, two touchdowns. That's through just five games. Um, he's on a pace to have better numbers than he had last year. And I said this to Tone yesterday, Derek. I think we sort of assumed like he was a finished product when he got here. Yeah. But he's still so young. He's just getting better. He's only 25 or 26. That's scary. You know? Yeah. Um, 
and, and I think at this point he will surpass his numbers. I, I said I projected that he, he would not get 1,500 yards. At, at this point, I have to change my projections because he's on pace. He get close to 1,800 yards receiving right now. Now, I don't think that can keep up consistently because certain defenses are going to double him up and try to take him out of games. Then it's Devontae's time to shine, you know, uh, Goddard's time to shine, and, you know, right. Swift's time to shine as well. But if he can get close to the numbers he's putting up right now, we're talking the 17, 1800 yard season, which is phenomenal. It's he rare. Already, rare. He yeah. already broke he, in one year here. He already broke the Eagles' single season record for yards. He's going to break his own record by a couple hundred yards this year. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and you know, De- De- Devontae Smith is not exactly chopped liver. I mean, you look at what he's doing. He's got twenty three catches, two hundred ninety yards, twelve more than twelve and a half per catch, and two touchdowns. He's played very well, and I and I expect. You know, it, last week was quiet, obviously. I would expect him to be a little bit more involved. The Eagles will tend to do that, get the guy that touches early and kind of yep. get him off and get him going a little bit. So I, I would I would expect a good week out of him. And I, this is going to be a challenge. We'll get into this in a minute. But, you know, the Jets' corners, if DJ Reed is right and he's, he's in concussion protocol, I haven't seen if he's playing or not officially. But right. uh, with he and Gardner, they're, they're the two best tandem they faced all year, those two guys. Um, I would agree, but but they're handcuffed because of who's throwing them the football. You know, it kind of diffuses the weaponry of what they can be. No, I'm saying the corners oh, for the Jets. Oh, the corners. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you said yep. the corners. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sauce Sauce Gardner, to me, is 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 just a phenomenal talent to do what he did as a rookie and to continue that this season, you know, as good as rookies are, um, and we see some that separate themselves right out of the gate, there's still somewhat of a fear factor because of who you're going up against. And, you know, especially if you're thrown in there as a starter, you don't want to make a glaring mistake, which could cost you um, and shatter your confidence. I don't know what mold this kid came out of, but he is fearless. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I can't wait to see if they're going to keep him on one side, because, you know, it's, if he stays on one side, he's either going to get A.J. or, you know, Devontae, or if they're going to have him shadow Devontae the whole game. Yeah. And if that's the case, if he shadows Devontae the whole game, then that means De- – uh, I'm, I'm sorry, if he shadows A.J. the whole game, that means Devontae's going to have a time to, sh- uh, to step up if Reed's out of the game. Um, but I, I can't wait to see this matchup. I, I think the Eagles are going to win the game by double digits because – the Jets just don't have the quarterback to put the ball in the end zone. You know, and this is a team that's frustrated. Now, they got a big win last week, no question about it. But this is a team that's frustrated, and you see the animation on the sideline. You see, you see, you know, Garrett Wilson being very animated on the sideline because they're not getting him the ball. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm sure to a certain degree, it has to make Zach Wilson that much more uncomfortable knowing that his teammates are frustrated with him, the fan base is frustrated with him, and that makes you a little bit more, you know, timid. You press a little bit more. You press yeah. more, yes. Yeah. You know, and a little bit more timid because you're so afraid of making a mistake. And what happens when you come a little, become a little bit more timid? You hold the ball a little bit longer. You allow exactly. that Eagles D line to get get to you that that much more. Um, I was hoping Rodgers would play because I really want to see this be a good game. Yeah. But you know, hey, such is the case, and that's why I think this game will be a lopsided when it's over. Yeah. I look. I. Well, yeah, sure. I, I, I think the Eagles cover the spread. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an Eagles game. I agree with you. Um, spread is uh, seven ish. That low? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think some of it is the Eagles haven't blown teams out necessarily. Um, I think that plays into it a little bit. Uh, let me see. Let me see if it's moved at all. Uh, it was six and a half. It opened at six and a half. Let me just okay. see where it is right now. It is. It's seven. It's seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's because the Eagles really haven't blown teams out. I think there's still a belief somewhat in the Jets defense, uh, even though, you know, we'll get into it. You can you can run on them, but we'll we'll talk about it. But and, and there's no way. No, there's no way on God's green earth. The Jets are going to come. Uh, the Jets are going to take the field and run for 230 yards on no. this Eagles defense. No, hey, no way. They're running nope. for 230 like they just did. Would they run for 234 this past game on Denver? Yeah, they they Denver. Denver apart. Ain't no way in the world they're running for two 230 yards on this Eagles defense, which makes them a one dimensional team because Zach Wilson can't deliver the goods. Yep. So unless the Jets can find a measure of success running the football, control the clock, keep the game close. They'll have a prayer win in this game. Yeah, I look. I think that's that's what they're going to try and do, but establish the run. But we'll see because the Eagles have been phenomenal all year in that category. Uh, it's a dramatic turnaround because they were mediocre last year at best against the run. Uh, one other uh, area the Eagles have been really good uh, from an offensive standpoint is third down conversions. They were thirteen for eighteen wow. against the Rams last week, which is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's encouraging. I mean, what you obviously the 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 thing you want to see them improve on is red zone. Red zone's not acceptable uh, with what they're doing in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns. But being able to move the chains is something they've been very good at this year, and that's a credit to to Jalen. Jalen's been very good in those situations uh, a lot of times. And you know, you look at his numbers, Derek. I, I think they're not going to blow you away, but you have to pay attention to what's happened the last two games mm-hmm. in the direction that he's trending. Like he's at 1,262 passing yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions, completing 67%, 91.4 passer rating, but he's over 300 the last two games. He appears to be finding his groove here, especially with Brian Johnson. And he just looks to me, he looks more comfortable out there altogether as a quarterback. Um. <clears throat> It's a sign of maturity, I think, with him now. You know, and we, we talk about him being an old man and a young man's body, um, but th- I think this is a part of the the maturation uh, of uh, what what Jalen Hurts is, is doing now. You know, we talked about did he seem a little bit slower? You know, but we, I think he's more calculated because he showed when he had to against the Rams, he still has that burst. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's more calculated now, and I think he's being coached up that way. You know, when you look at what's happening to some of these quarterbacks, um, look at what happened with Deshaun Watson. Look how different that offense was when he's out of the game. Yeah. Anthony Richardson is probably the biggest quarterback in the NFL at 6'4", 250. Right. Now that dude, he, he's going to be out at least four games with his shoulder injury. Might you know? Maybe longer, yeah. You know, putting himself in harm's way, taking unnecessary shots. You look at a Lamar Jackson who missed, what, six, seven games last year um, because of their overall athleticism. And I think the Eagles have identified this. Look, we're going to utilize all of your attributes, no question about it. We we just want to be a little bit smarter with it. We have to be because we know what you mean to this offense and this team in terms of us getting to where we want to go, which is another shot at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Well said, D-Gun. All right, let's come back and let's dig into those Jets. Uh, we'll look at what Wilson's doing. We'll look at what Brees Hall's doing offensively, defensively. Guys to watch, because they do have some names on the defensive side, legit. But they are banged up 
on the offensive line, which is where the Eagles tend to eat. That's tend to where they really make their hay. So we'll get into that when we come back. Uh, One o'clock or 1230. Sorry, we'll do some Phillies. One o'clock, we'll do our NFL segment, including our NFL power rankings. we got a lot in store. You don't want to go anywhere. Hit the like button if you could, friends. Uh, We'll be right back. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Yes, knowing who to trust with your finances can be a scary proposition. I'm right there in the front of the line with you. But I can tell you from personal experience that somebody that I trust is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. You're not sure how to go about doing that. It's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. And he's also there anytime you have any questions. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray.Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. back yes we are that is Derek Gunn I am Rob Ellis we're hanging out with you on this Wednesday uh talking some Eagles here getting you set for the birds and the Jets Derek let me ask you this do you worry at all about a look ahead um this team has always been prepared under Nick Sirianni we know that it's one of the signatures is they 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 show up every week right um but you have Miami on deck and the Eagles have never lost to the Jets in their history. I think they're 12-0 and 0 historically against the Jets. Miami, that's a big one, um, and everybody's kind of excited to see that. But do you fear that at all, that they'll look ahead? No, no, no. It's part It's part of the, the culture and what's expected. Um, the Eagles will always tell you, and, and Jason Kelsey is always at the forefront of this, we can't afford to look past anybody because in this league, anybody can jump up on you at any given moment. Um, this is a very smart team. You have a brain trust, a leadership uh, trust that in, ingrains this in the players. We can't be looking ahead to anybody. You, that's not how you. That's not how you do this. The veteran core will not allow it to happen. The coaches will not allow it to happen. And your young quarterback, uh, he's already shown he will not allow that happen, happen as well. You know, the Miami game will come here soon enough. But before we get to that, we got our our primary objective is, number one, to stay unblemished and to stay at least two games up on the closest pursuer to us in the division. Number two, to get off the field relatively unscathed injury-wise. And number three, win the doggone game. Mm-hmm. I don't care how we win the game, just win the doggone game. That's all, that's all they care about. They don't look, they have 17 chances to be as good as they can be to try to secure that number one seed to make sure everybody has to come through Philadelphia again. That's how they approach this thing. You know, I am never worried about this team looking past any opponent at all. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think they will either. I think for a lot of the things that you just mentioned, there's a checks and balances with this team where it just doesn't happen. I think it starts with the head coach, but I think it filters down to his coaching staff, guys like Stoutland, but certainly from a player standpoint, the quarterback, the veterans like Brandon Graham, guys mm-hmm. like Kelsey, guys like Lane Johnson, et cetera. So I I, I agree with you. I, but I, I think it's something to consider. I don't think it will happen, but I think with some teams, they could fall prey to that. So, But I don't think it will happen with the Eagles. Um, all right, Jets, Derek, two and three on the season. Yep. They won two games. They won their opener, and they won their last game. The last game – Little sweet revenge for Nathaniel Hackett. They beat the Broncos. We we know how that went. They gave him a game ball, all those kind of things. But then again, Denver's got one win, and that one win came against Chicago, who basically gave them the game. Right. Um, so they've won two. They're down two offensive linemen in Dwayne Brown and Elijah Vera Tucker. They actually signed Dennis Kelly. Remember Dennis Kelly? He they just oh, signed yeah. him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, former Eagle. Uh, but they're they're hurting on that defensive line, and Mackay Becton seems to always have some kind of nagging injury as well. Uh, he's another one. So you would think the combination of not having a great offensive line and Zach Wilson, who to his credit has played a little bit better the last couple of weeks, but still for the season, 91 of 149, yep. four touchdowns, five picks, 
He's completing 61% of his passes, and he's got a 73.4 passer rating with a fumble. This should be a big sack day for the Eagles' D-line. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, um, you froze for a minute. I didn't know if that was me, me or you. You froze for okay. a minute. Okay. Um, I, I think, as I said a few moments ago, Zach Wilson has so much on his plate um, in terms of being ostracized by the media and by the fan base and by one of the greatest players that ever played a position in Joe Namath, that his head is swimming uh, in terms of not living up to being a first round pick and more people against him than with him. And I, and you can see, I, you can't emphasize this enough. Body language says a lot with a team. And from the, you got to see the Jets play one time, um, and I've seen highlights and we see clips from other games, you can see the body language. There's a lot of frustration in that organization. And as positive as the coaching staff tries to be and the front office tries to be, they understand they're at a severe deficit with Zach Wilson under center. They get it, you know, but that's all they've got right now. That's their best option right now. And all the other options out there don't appear to be appealing. I mean, think about it. Um, Colin Kaepernick has put his name out there, signed me, nothing. You know, um, uh, the former quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons says he's not not interested. Uh, And anybody else you look at um, is not going to be much better than a Zach Wilson. Yeah. It's it's a shame. And, and, you know, we all thought the Jets were going to make hay this year because of the way that roster – uh, was constructed that this team was going to be a monster to deal with. All of a sudden, the head of the monster has been cut off in 75 seconds into their season. Yeah. And so now, as positive as they try to remain, they realize they're at a severe deficit. They go out, they put up a good front, and then all of a sudden, for the most part, the game gets away from them in a big game situation, and it's completely different. I think in this game, the Eagles are going to control the clock offensively. You're going to see a lot of defensive players with hand, from the Jets with hands on their knees by the fourth quarter sucking wind because the Eagles are controlling the clock, and it's going to be good night, game over. Um, this, this, has got to be, this has got to be a nightmare season for the Jets organization. It was the perfect storm. When they got Aaron Rodgers, it was the perfect storm of what they did this entire offseason to, to put this team together to combat the likes of Miami and Buffalo for that division title, and now – they're more concerned about battling New England for the bottom of the division. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, um, uh, let's just go offensively, Derek. They're they're 24th in scoring, 18.6 points per game. They're 11th in rushing, 123.2, and dead last, dead last, 160.4 passing yards per game. Now, like I said, he's played a little bit better uh, the last couple of games. They beat uh, Denver and – you know, to his credit, he hung in there against Kansas City. He showed yep. some heart in that game. Yep. Yep. But I think ultimately, when it comes down to the kind of heat that he's going to get in this game with this defensive line, I think he will make mistakes. I think it'll result in turnovers. I think it'll result in third and longs. And then uh, the Jets punting deep in their own territory, giving the Eagles shorter fields. That's where I think the game is won ultimately for the Eagles um, is – you know, the Jets are going to try and run it because Brees Hall's very good. Brees Hall's got 387 rushing yards, uh, 7.2 yards per carry. He ripped off a giant one last week against Denver. So uh, 
he's a guy to be respected. But I think considering how good the Eagles have been against the run, I don't see him running wild on the Eagles. I just don't. I think I think Zach Wilson might be your leading rusher uh, for the Jets this Sunday out of necessity because because he's going to be running for his life. Um, I think they're going to lock down Brees Hall. You know, they're going to make the concerted effort to make sure Brees Hall does not get loose. Um, and, and I think Zach Wilson will have to run a lot because I think if the Eagles bring the heat on him early, um, he's going to be looking to his right and to his left more so than he is straight ahead down the field trying to find a receiver. And that's when you have a quarterback at right where you want him. If you can get him to, to, to get out of his mental mechanism of, okay, this play is a three-step drop, this play is a five- or seven-step drop, because once you get to three, five, or seven, you've got op- 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 opposite jerseys bearing down on you. It's going to mess up a lot in terms of uh, continuity for that offense. Um, now, with the way the Eagles secondary plays receivers, if, if I'm the Jets' offensive brain trust, Nathaniel Hackett, I'm shortening up all my receivers' routes this week. You know, A.J. Brown has made a, 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 a killing because DBs have so much respect for him that that quick slant route that he runs is virtually unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only measure of success the Jets may find in the passing game is to shorten up their passing routes, you know, quick slant routes, hitch hitch routes, so on and so forth. Outside of that, they don't have a prayer this game. As good as that defense is, they don't have a prayer this game. Yeah, let's, let's go with the defense for a minute. So um, points per game allowed, you know, not bad, 21, it's – 14th, not not terrible. Derek, for as much talent as they have up front, yep. teams are running all over them, man. They're, yep. they're getting up yep. 146.2 yards per game on the ground. That's 29th in the NFL. Yep. And they're they're okay against the pass. They're 14th. I mean, it's for, for that much talent, the numbers are either mediocre or bad in a lot of ways. Now, they have Quinn and Williams, who's an absolute monster at defensive tackle. The guy is legit. I'm a big Jermaine Johnson fan. Liked him when he was coming out. Quincy Williams is really good. C.J. Mosley's really good. They have Sauce Gardner. We talked about you know whether or not D.J. Reed's going to be able to go, and that's just the name of few. There's a lot of talent on that defense, but I think they're 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 on the field a lot because the defense or the offense is a lot of three and outs, stalled drives, those kind of things, and maybe that's taking its toll a little bit because they you would think you know just from a number standpoint with the talent they have that it'd be better than that. Um, I think Quinnen Williams is arguably the best D tackle in the game right now. Um, his quickness off the burst, off the snap is 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 impeccable. Uh, he is a nightmare by himself, but he can't he he can't win it by himself. And the Eagles do a great job of taking. Look at what they did against Aaron Donald in terms of taking out the best D, D lineman in games and, and and making him a non-factor. Um, I just, I just, I just, just think that when you look at the Jets' defensive numbers, I think it's a worn down defense. To be honest, mm. I think they're on the field so much that basically, I don't care how good you are, you know, if you can't get off the field, you know, and if you're, and if, and, and, and if your offense is giving the ball back with a bunch of three and outs, eventually you're going to wear it down. And with this Eagles running attack, the Eagles are going to try to hit them with the run. And if they're successful with the run, as the numbers indicate, teams have been successful against the run uh, uh, with the run against this team. It's going to be a long day for this defense. It really is. And if DJ Reed doesn't play, you know that handcuffs them even further. I was just looking at the depth chart defensively. Just defensively, they have six players already on IR. Six players on defense. 
Jeez. in terms of depth for this team. And they have one who's completely out. You know, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, six players on this defense in a 4-3 defense that are on IR. DJ Reed is questionable. Uh, Brandon Eccles is questionable. Mm. Um, and, and Jarek Bernard Converse is out. You know, he was a backup cornerback as well. So they, they've been hurt. They've been hurt everywhere. You know, even on offense, including Rodgers, this foreign offense that's on IR. You know how much that affects your depth when you thought you would have certain people and now you're scrambling because you got to pull down practice squad players right. or, you know, maybe get players that, that are sitting at home waiting for somebody to call you just to fill a void on the roster. So not only has the quarterback hurt them, but they have been decimated by injuries in a lot of cases. Wow. You know, so um, as talented as this team is, it is such a flawed team because of the quarterback and because of the multitude of injuries that they've had. And so this season has been a nightmare for the Jets. And I do believe there's a certain mindset now within the Jets. Hey, you know, we get paid to go out there and give our best effort. Let's do that. And they know when it gets to you can feel when it gets to a certain point of a game when you're a player, that things are just spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. And I just think the Jets, you know, they go in there hoping to hoping for the best. <clears throat> but at a certain point of a game, it becomes a defeatist mentality because they know they don't have a prayer because the offense can't help them out on the defense. Right. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, all right, a couple other things to of note uh, with them. You know, I, I don't know if you're – let's say Joe Douglas, or you could even maybe put Joe Douglas into this category. Do you feel like there's like Robert Sala, you almost have to throw it out, whatever happens this year because of the injury to Rogers, or do you think he's on a hot seat? No, I, I think, I think Rogers being out buys him another year because, you know, how many teams can go from an Aaron Rodgers to a legitimate backup in the national football league? Yeah. There are a lot of teams that don't have legitimate backups, but they're backups because you got to fill the void somehow. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that should not be playing in the NFL. They're stealing money. Mm-hmm. You know? And a lot of them have made a, a, a career of being backups, a journeyman backup, making good seven-figure income for nothing, you know, for the most part. Um, I think when you look at Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, I think Joe Douglas has done his job in terms of drafting, bringing in certain free agents, and of course, the big coup was pulling off the Aaron Rodgers deal. You don't have Rodgers, you know. So basically, you buy yourself at least a, at least another year because of that. And I think the Jets fan base is as vocal as they are, and and as frustrated as they are, um, they're smart enough to realize that without Aaron Rodgers, you're not going anywhere. We're not plain and simple. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I think there, there's only so much you can ask your defense to do. Um, you know. Uh, all right, we'll stop the other team. Take the ball away. Maybe potentially score. It's like, you know, that works for a game. That works for a couple quarters if somebody goes down. But eventually that doesn't work over the long haul of a season. And it's just not going to work. I, look, I think this should be a game, Derek. If we continue to see the Eagles passing game grow the way it has the last two weeks and, as you know, as good as the Eagles have been in rushing the ball and as good as the Eagles defensive line is – I. Yeah, it, it sets up to be a game that really shouldn't be that close. Um, I, I I just don't see it. I, I don't see how the Jets ultimately stay in this game uh, long haul. I mean, are there some threats there? Yeah, is Garrett Wilson a threat, a guy you got to worry about? Brees Hall, a guy you got to worry about? All these players we named Absolutely. on the defensive side? Yeah, yep. yeah, they're all good. Every But every team in the end, like think about it from this standpoint. If you just go through who the Eagles played over the, the last, I don't know, 
take it back a couple of weeks. Washington's defensive tackles are excellent, right? And you still ran all over them. Tampa Bay has Vita Vea and those guys, and you still ran all over them. Um, You know, I don't, I don't worry about that part of it. I think the Eagles will figure it out. The Eagles will impose their will eventually. And you got guys up front like Lane Johnson and Kelsey and that crew and, you know, my lot is playing better. They'll, they'll be fine, you know? And, and the, the beauty is Sue Opeta stepped in there very nicely for them. Yes. Play well. And, and when you look at the takeaway give a, giveaway department, which is so instrumental at times in the success or failure of the outcome of a game, the Jets actually have more takeaways than the Eagles do, nine to eight. But the Jets have given the ball away eight times compared to the Eagles five. So the Jets, you know, when they get the ball for the offense, the offense is giving it right back, you know which is even more demoralizing or the, yeah. or the offense or the defense gives the ball to the offense and the offense can't do anything with it. Yeah. They're lucky if they get three points out of it, you know? Um, so, so that's why I say, you know, it, it's, it's a physical battle, but it's also a psychological war. And here we are at Wednesday and the Jets and the Eagles already know that the decisive psychological advantage going into this game is with the Eagles because of the way the teams have played this year. No There's doubt. no question. The Eagles hold the psychological edge in going up against this team because they have been anything but flawless. They're five and zero. Oh. The Jets have stumbled to two and three. They're scraping just to get above water, yeah. you know, at two and three. And every week they know when they get up, go up against an opponent that's just as good as them. The prospects of them winning that game are less than fifty percent. Yeah, well said. Well said. Hey, good stat from Zach Berman, uh, who, who does an excellent job. Covering the birds, uh, I want to make sure I'm crediting him right now. Uh, so Zach is now uh, covers the Eagles for uh, PHLY. Uh, yeah. Does a very good job with that. Uh, but so he, he, we talked about the Eagles' issues in the red zone. Derek, how about this? Zero touchdowns from the 11 yard line to the 20 for the Eagles this year. That's uh, that's not Eagles' offense. That's yeah, man. That's surprising. That's that's when I looked at the numbers on Monday. I was I was flabbergasted. Five the field Eagles, goal attempts in in that yeah. in that situation. The Eagles Eagles had forty six percent efficiency in red red zone scoring before the Rams game. Mm. They come out of the red the Rams game two for six in that department. So obviously that percentage goes down um, significantly. This this is not that Eagles between the twenty scoring team that we expected. Yet it's a team that's still putting up 28, 30 points a game. Yeah. Just to show you how how good they are, they can score from anywhere in the field, right. you know. But but when you play those better teams and you get inside that twenty, you better be able to come away with sevens instead of threes, because that other team with a potent offense like the Kansas Cities, the Miamis, the Buffaloes, they can walk down the field. Let's face it, this is not a shutdown Eagles defense. No, I mean, no, it's the, not. It is very much not that. You're going to have to score. Your offense is going to have to score. score this year. Yeah. So you got three or four opponents that can walk down the field. Hey, Washington walked down the field on him in less a little over a minute and scored Jordan, a game. Score with yeah, second left or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, so you know they, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to put up some points. And when I say points, I don't mean threes. You got to put up sevens to put pressure on your opposition, whether you're playing them in your house or their house. Yeah. You know this 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 getting threes is it, gonna come back and bite them somewhere. You know. I I agree. I hundred percent. It's gonna bite them. And, and if you look at it, Derek, the, la, according to Zach, last season. They scored six touchdowns from that area and attempted eight field goals all year. The Eagles are already at five through five right, games. Right, so, right. all right, if I asked you what what 
troubles you the most from you know through five games? Would you put that there, or would you say, and it, you can fill in the blank whatever one you want too? But is it that, or is it still the passing defense, which did a nice job in the second half against the Rams, mind you? But what what's m- most troubling for you from what you've seen through five games? Oh, still the pass defense. Okay, There's no question, it's the pass defense. You have two uh, Pro Bowl caliber corners out there who are 30 and 32, 33 years of age. Um, You're mixing in a bunch of new guys. Reed Blankenship has played well for this defense, but you're also incorporating a lot of kids. If one goes down, look at what you're doing. You're bringing up guys, Eli Ricks, you know, Goodrich, even Justin Jefferson, who's played well at times. They're still young players. They're still learning. Now you've had to bring in another player off the street in Bradley Roby to try to help, you know, calm calm that down. Right. I think the pass defense for me is still the most frustrating aspect of this Eagles team right now through five games. Because it isn't part of that too. You feel like offensively they'll figure that out. Like there's too much talent there for them, for them to not get going, you know, in the red zone in terms of cashing touchdowns with the defense right now, you know, Bradley Roby helped, but is he ultimately the answer? Yeah. You know, they, they, they still have a lot of inexperience back there, you know, on the back end. That's where I I look at the defense a lot more sort of, you know, in in question than I do with the offense. I think the offense, it'll come. I don't like what I've seen, but it'll come. With the defense, I don't know that it's going to get dramatically better on the back end. Um, I don't think it will, but what what do you expect? You know, um, the only thing we can hope for is a similar situation that Kansas City went through last year. Kansas City played a bunch of kids in the back end of their defense and still found a way to win 14 games because of that man named Mahomes and because of the offensive structure they had. They weren't shutting people down. It was an opportunistic defense. And so far, this Eagles defense has been an opportunistic defense, a key turnover when it needs it, a key sack when it needs it. It's not a shutdown defense as we've seen through five games. When you look at the teams they've played through five games, um, they haven't played an offensive juggernaut yet. Okay. You know, even the Rams, the Rams are an evolving offense with the new young kids there. And of course, they didn't have Cooper Cup for, you know, for, for four of those games, you know. Um, no, you, Derek, you're right. So think about it from this standpoint. Once you get past the Jets, okay, yeah. you're talking about Miami, arguably the best offense in football, right? Yep. A Washington team that what put up uh, 31 points, 31. Uh, Dallas, I know they're coming off a bad loss, but still. Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas yeah. again, Seattle. Yeah. So you, you're you're going to get literally seven weeks, eight weeks straight of either really good offenses or an offense that put up a lot of points against you. Yeah. So if that defense isn't necessarily great, which I don't, neither one of us think is, and we don't think it's great defense, good, really strong defensive line, but your offense is going to have to be really good. It's a good thing they're progressing here because they're yeah. going to need to be on the money. Yeah, they, they, they've uh, had to uh, muddle their way through five games in terms of figuring out what they need to do. Um, the, the passing game wasn't there. All of a sudden, the last two games, it is there. They're controlling the clock. They're chewing defenses up, running the game, uh, running the ball with authority. Um, and they're still not where they want to be as an offense. Yet, you know, four consecutive games, they've put up over 415 yards of offense being flawed. I'll take that. Give me that every day yep. until they figure it out. But the competition does get stiffer, a whole lot stiffer over a stretch, over a stretch of games that's much bigger than the stretch of games they're going through right now, including the Jets. Absolutely. Um, 
Better figure it out now. Better yep. figure it out now. Get it right. Agreed. All right, let's come back. We'll uh, we'll set our sights on the Phillies. We know it's Bryce Elder. We know Bryce Elder Elder will be going against Aaron Nola. We'll talk about this game. We'll preview this game uh, and where this series is headed and how critical this game is, uh, certainly to uh, whichever team wants to survive and get to the NLCS. We'll discuss it all when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this Wednesday Sports Take. All right, pro-action restoration. Yes, pro-action restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, property that you own, and you go through the, the pain, the inconvenience, the unknowing, fire, water, smoke, mold damage. You're saying to yourself, I don't know how to clean this up. I don't know how to fix this. I got to make sure this is right. Is it livable? You reach out to Pro Action Restoration because that's what they do. And they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. So you have issues in the middle of the night. You have issues on a holiday. You have issues early in the morning, whatever the case may be, a Saturday. Reach out to them uh, because they're always available. And I did on a Saturday, in fact. And they got right over to my parents' house, cleaned up the place. Crew was professional, clean. The price was very reasonable. Uh, it was a great experience all around. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So it can be any of these and then some water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. But if there's something else you're not sure about, just feel free to reach out and give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. 
Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Better Eric Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging out with you Wednesday of uh, of the month of October, October 11th already, man, crazy, Jeez. crazy. But it is warmer today in our area, Derek. It's kind of kind of chilly, not necessarily nice the last couple of days, but we're we're supposed to get a little little run here of nice days. So enjoy it, man. Soak it up while you got it, because I know how much you like the warm weather. We do have a little bit left. Slowly uh, fading we- away. Slowly fading. Yeah. Phillies 507 start time tonight or today, depending on how you view 507. Uh, if the Dodgers get swept, Derek, if they lose tonight, the game tomorrow between the Phillies and the Braves gets pushed to, to 807. Oh. Okay. So you got the later start. Oh. Well, they'll, they'll be the only National League series, you know, still going at that point. What what time was the game supposed to 607. start? 607. 607. Okay. Yeah, initially. Yeah. So uh that'll be pushed back. Uh, first pitch, Raul Banez and uh, Pennsylvania Governor uh, Josh Shapiro will throw out the first pitch of the game. Jim Tomey's daughter, Lila, will pit, will uh, sing God Bless America during the game. That's pretty cool. Mm, that's Tomey's cool. daughter. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we talked about the momentum thing. We talked about Aaron Nola last three starts. Uh, okay. I, I didn't give you these numbers. So with men on base, um, he has a, a a 289 batting average against and an 816 OPS. With nobody on, he's got a 240 batting average against and 708 OPS. So, you know, with Nola, there is a dramatic difference with runners on and runners not on. Certainly the pitch clock comes into play for him because he's a, he was a very deliberate guy, Derek. Like when he um he was 30 seconds longer to the plate. Uh, when it with a runner on just just in terms of walking around the mound and you know rosin bag and all stepping off and all that stuff you can't do that now right so right. that's going to be something that's a key you know Atlanta's going to want to get base runners on early in this thing obviously they want base runners on period but especially because of Nola and the way that he struggles with base runners on so that's going to be a a big key here uh to this game is Nola starting off well if you weren't with us earlier Bryce Elder mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get the start for the Braves. Bryce Elder this season started off really, really well um, for for the Braves, but he cooled off. And mentioned this to you earlier: five seventy five ERA in fourteen starts after the All Star break. Um, mm. He was a first time All Star this year, uh, and they went with him. But yeah, he will get the uh, he will get the nod. So uh, his last appearance versus the Phillies. Overall, he was twelve and four with a three eighty one ERA. Yep, and a hundred. That's good. Um, good numbers. Breakouts. Yep. Last appearance versus the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park was June 22nd. He allowed uh, three hits over seven scoreless innings, and he struck out six. Now, when the Phillies faced him in Atlanta September 20th, mm-hmm. uh, he allowed four runs in three and two-thirds innings, was knocked out of the game early, and walked five. So this is a toss-up, you know, what you're going to get out of Elder. 
as much as we're concerned about Nola, Atlanta doesn't have much of an idea. They they basically named him about an hour and a half ago to be the starter. That's that's telling you a lot. Well, uh, you know, in, in the in the uh, scuttlebutt is, you know, so they chose Elder or instead of a bullpen opener or either the rookie, you know, um, A.J. Smith Shaver, uh, Elder, I guess because of his big game experience. Uh, I'm hoping the Phillies get to see that September 20th version of uh, Elder because what he did back in June against this lineup was was eye-opening, you know. Um, but they're in this, they're in the Phillies ballpark. And I, w- I wonder why it, it can't be because of gamesmanship because you have the you have the book and whoever they're stepping to the hill, both teams have the book on every pitcher. So why right. did you wait so long before no, you the, the gamesmanship thing is silly, in you, my you opinion. Know, yeah. You know, you're not really you're not catching them off guard. It's not like you're gonna have to make major adjustments, you know, to face Elder on the hill tonight. You know, you still have what? How many hours, Rob? How many hours away? Uh, <laughs> so we have uh four hours. Four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Yes. Do you have like a running clock by you or something? What do you have over there? I, 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 I all I did was look at my cell phone and just do the quick math, man. It was, uh, yeah, five oh seven start, and it's it's twelve thirty seven ish right now. So, so, uh, so the Phillies still have over four hours to prepare and go over the books once again. Yeah. You know, they get to the ballpark early, probably already there, getting ready for BP and stuff. They got the book on what what his best pitches are. Does you know is he a low ball pitcher? Does he like to get up in the strike zone? Be patient if he's up in the strike zones. They got a, they got a book on him. Mm-hmm. You know and the Braves know know Nola well. There's no secrets at this point of a season. It's just going out and executing. Hopefully they can jump on Elder early and really shake up Atlanta's bullpen. That's that yeah, would be huge. Ball. Yeah, if he can get into their pen early for sure. And then all that does is the crowd just gets keep get, keeps getting crazier yeah, and yeah. crazier. Yeah, Terry Terry brings something up here that's interesting. Hoffman never gets in again. Well, yeah, so here's what I'd be curious. I'm not going to go as far as saying he never gets in again, but I'm curious. um, You like that? So, okay, so dope came. Hope. All right, I gave you a little bit. Uh, I can only do three. I I injured myself in the last one, so that's the best I could do. Um, I think you won't see Hoffman – this is just my opinion. I, I, I asked we asked Greg Murphy about this yesterday, and he said he would absolutely go back to him at high leverage. I don't know that we'll see Hoffman today in a high leverage spot. You don't think so? Don't know. Why not? I don't think so. I I think he's a little gun shy because he gave the home run up. And now there's no certainly no crime in giving up a home run to Austin Riley, who is who is Dude. a phenomenal player. It happens. Dude. It happens. But I do just I do wonder a little bit about that one. I'm just something to keep your eye on late in the games. I think, you know, he's definitely dead set on either Alvarado. I would guess if it's a close game, Alvarado or Kimbrough closes, depending on the matchups in the eighth and the ninth. Beyond that, it is a little bit up in the air though. All right. If you had, if you had to pluck, pluck it out of the sky, who are you going to first out of the bullpen? If Nola gets in trouble, who's coming in first for you? Hmm. Boy. Uh, See, I don't. I worry about Sir Anthony too, and I worry about Soto. If it's let me put it to you this way: if it's before the sixth inning, yeah, I think you will see Hoffman. If it's before the sixth inning, it could be Strom. Yeah. If if it's after the seventh or seventh inning, yeah, I think you're going to see a combination of Alvarado, Kimbrel, and Sir Anthony. 
Okay. That's what I think seven, eight, nine looks like to some degree would be my guess. Okay. Some right. of that with, with Strom, it's, if there's a bunch of lefties coming up, you know, whatever, if it's Hoffman, if it's righties, but yeah, I mean, we'll, this is, this can't be a Nola four inning affair. It can't you, you, with this team, man, you got away with that in game one and, and Rob Thompson pushed all the right buttons in game one, but you yes, cannot get, a, get away with that again with a very short outing out of your starter and expect the bullpen to give you six, seven innings or five innings of, of, you know, no run ball. That ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guarantee you that's not happening. Um, but here's the thing too, though, Derek, one of the things that Rob Thompson said when they clinched was this team's built for the postseason. <clears throat> I buy that. Like, I think Harper's built for the postseason. I wouldn't right. surprise me one that if Schwarber goes yard, he's due for one. Um, I think Turner will bounce back after what he ended up doing. Stott has been excellent, you know, the, the whole way. Real Muto's hitting. He had two-run shot the other night, uh, and he's been better at home hitting. So I think they'll be okay. I do. Oh, I do too. Um, but can you imagine if Atlanta jumps them early and take that crowd out of the game? Ooh. Can you imagine if that crowd is sitting on his hands for most of this game? I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. But again, you know, we can say what we want to say about Atlanta. They're a very talented team. I do think the, the Phillies have the edge in pitching because Atlanta's pitching department has been nicked up by injuries, so on and so forth. Um, um, but if, it, if, if Atlanta's on top of a pitcher early and they start putting some distance between themselves and the Phillies early, you take that 10th man element out of the game at Citizens Bank Park, that's a different kind of ball game. You're, that's a great point because, yeah, the, the raucous crowd cuts both ways. Yes. Either, you know, works in your favor, obviously, and it did last year. But you're right. You know, you jump on the Phillies early and that place gets quiet and or Nola doesn't pitch well and he starts hearing maybe some boo birds. It, it mm. totally goes the other way. You're right. No, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Like it's going to be a fever pitch to start the game. And if the Eagles can, or Eagles, Phillies get something going here, there can yep. definitely be a carryover for sure. Yep, absolutely. But big if, man, big if in, in this game. But I look, I, I think it's going to be one of those games where I, I feel good. I feel good. So Nola in six career playoff starts, 386 ERA. It's pretty solid. I, and they've won that. four of those games. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. But I need, I don't need Nola just to be good. Early, I need Nola to give me at least seven. Yes. Give me at least six and a third, please. Six and a third. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to have to go deep into their bullpen um, in a game like this, um, because Atlanta's mindset is all we needed to do is win one, and we go back home for that last game. So all they got to do is win right. one, mm-hmm. and then if they have, if they find a way to win tonight, you know, see, right now the pressure's still on Atlanta because they have to face. Two games here in Philly, and they, they remember what happened here last year. Hundred percent. If they somehow find a way to get this game tonight, all of a sudden the weight of that pressure shifts on the home team. You know, all of the weight, not part of the weight, all of the weight shifts to the home team, because then it's do or die for that t- that home team. I know the momentum thing right now is weird, right? Because it the is. Phillies ultimately achieved their goal; they got one in Atlanta, right? Yes. So you have a three-game series with two games in Philly. So you. It, just looking at it that way, it's definitely advantage Phillies. But when you lose in a gut punch way like they lost in game two, yep. it just doesn't have that same feel right now. You know what I mean? I, I think that's why I said ultimately once the game starts, 
then I think the Phillies settle in a little bit and they realize, okay, that game's done with and we're in front of our crazies right now and here we go. But you're right. Normally coming out of that thing with a split, you're feeling great. But the way that game ended, like I almost would rather they lost like eight to four and it wasn't even competitive (laughs) than to lose that way. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you ultimately Atlanta's got, so the way it sets up, you're going to have game four. Phillies haven't announced who's pitching game four yet. Likely Suarez, but not a hundred percent. Atlanta's going to go with Strider. Like, you know, they're coming back with him. Uh, after, you think they'll after. come back with him if Atlanta loses tonight? Definitely. Yeah, he, def- I definitely do. Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll be on normal rest, too. He pitched Saturday. You know, you're not Atlanta, bumping. What, what, if, what if Atlanta wins? Do you push him back to a potential game five? Oof. Give him an extra day? I don't, because I got you got to keep winning, you know? I, I get I, it. But I'd rather have him pitch in, in my ballpark than their ballpark. If, if it comes down to a game five, and Strider, you know, you got to play that. You got to play the odds. Let's let's face it. In baseball, you play the odds. Yes. Who's, who's had more success on that Atlanta pitching staff than Strider against this Phillies lineup? Nobody. Nobody. So in a deciding game five, I'm. A, I'm so you're saying if the if the Braves win, if the Braves win tonight, you would go with Strider in five rather than tomorrow four. for the kill shot and put him away. Yeah, just in case. I'm going for the kill shot. Because look, yeah. look at their options for game five. You got freed with the blister. I know. How concerned are you about him in a game five? You don't have. No, I, I, I would be highly concerned. Look, th- this is the problem they have. They only have one really re- dependable guy right now. That That's part of their big issue. Yeah. You don't have Charlie Morton. No, no. So, Morton's out. Morton cannot pitch in this series. I know. Yeah. I see. I'm, I'm taking my chances with Strider that I don't even have to go back to Atlanta and play another game. Okay. If I'm right. the Braves. But it's it's a it's a fascinating point. They haven't announced anybody. Atlanta hasn't. That's just my my surmise. I'm guessing that they would go with Strider. You know, uh, you know what that tells me? They're scratching their heads like, uh, uh, what do we do here? Yeah, and, and they have the they have the young kid waiting in the wings, AJ Smith Shaver. Yeah, uh, who has five starts under his belt, seven home runs, fourteen runs allowed, twenty three innings pitched. He hasn't faced the Phillies. Wait, how many starts? Uh, five, seven home runs allowed in five starts. That's not good. Ooh, ooh. No, yeah, no. I mean, they're, they're, the only advantage you get, and it's a minor one, is you know, the Phillies don't have familiarity with them really, other than looking right. at tape, right? Right, sometimes that helps a young pitcher, but yeah, it's uh, it just tells you, I mean, they're having they, they, they Kyle Wright done for the season, uh, Morton banged up, Jeez. yeah. Yeah, the the kid uh, Smith Schauber is is he, oh my god, he's twenty years old. Jeez, and you're gonna put him on a stage like that at twenty against oh this lineup? God. He doesn't turn twenty one until November. Jeez. Oh, oh. oh boy, yeah, oh, man. All right, yeah, five. Although he, you know, he's he's pitched. He's he's one and zero with a four two six ERA in those uh, five mm. starts, but he has a. A penchant for giving up home runs. Like he gave up multi home runs in three of those starts. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's interesting. It is interesting. That's you know, a lot to ask of an untested 20 year old. Isn't it, man? Oof. Right, yeah. Good. But it just tells you the kind of like the Dodgers are in a very similar spot. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's banged up. Urias yeah. is suspended. Kershaw got tuned up in the in the, the first game. Yep. 
Dodgers are in trouble too. Ooh. It's a it's a big baseball night tonight. You have the Phillies at 507, Houston and the Twins at 707, and then 907 is the Dodgers and the uh Diamondbacks. So that's a you're a baseball fan. You got a lot of action tonight. I'm telling you, and, and I'll be peeking around. There's no question about that. Um yeah. I, I just love playoff baseball, period. Um, and, and like I said earlier in the show, when you look at the wealth of talent that's still standing in the postseason right now on all the teams, incredible matchups, pitching versus hitting, you know, fielding teams, so on and so forth, uh, perennial uh, all-star players uh, all over the place. Um, you got the defending champ still ch- standing. You've got the uh, World Series runner-up still standing. Um, it's, it's just a great time to, to be a baseball fan right now. All right, let me let me flip it back to the birds and ask you this. Um, I thought Sunday was a game we really saw Sean Desai shine. You know, with, with some of the things that he did, the adjustments that he yeah. made, they weren't afraid to put Roby in the slot, and they pitched a shutout in the second half. Was this sort of his, you know, like announcement to the world? His 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 first time he's really gotten on our radar because we haven't talked about him a ton. I would say we definitely concentrate more it feels like on the offensive side with Brian Johnson. Was this coming of, of age moment for you? For? For Sean Desai, with the way the defense adjusted and, and did a really good job on uh, on Sunday in L.A. That's a really good question. I would have to lean towards yes, because he identified that the passing game was chewing him up. Um, they brought a guy in off the street. They wait until the second half to insert him. They put him on a guy who's really killing him in Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup was a non-factor in the second half. So I would have to say, in terms of adjustments, the Rams game was the best by far of the size short tenure here in Philadelphia. Um, no question about that. Um, and hopefully we continue to see that. Uh, the, the, the adjustments he's going to have to make coming up are going to be incredible, defending – Mahomes, Tua, Josh Allen, you know, uh, Geno Smith. It's going to be incredible on, on how they on how he does it. And so hopefully, hopefully we're starting to see the slow ascend of what Sean decides capable of doing. Uh, and, and again, I, I don't. I'm like the Eagles. I don't overlook any opponent, but I think this is going to be really a dull evaluation. Right. What the Eagles are are not this Sunday against the Jets because I just don't think the Jets have enough to make this a, a nail-biter type game like they were in with Washington and Minnesota and in previous games like that. I just don't. I don't at this point. The other thing I thought was interesting, and this is going to be music to Eagles fans' ears, was I think he blitzed 30% of the time in the game. He yeah. was he was not afraid to call a blitz up. Um, you know, that that that's a bit of a departure from what Gannon did. And now, Gannon blitzed a decent amount, actually, believe it or not, in the Super Bowl. But that's a that's a, you know, pretty healthy number. For, for a defense that doesn't usually do a ton of that. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. And let's face it, their blitz has been very effective for the most part. You know, I, I like to see teams attack. I don't like to see them sitting back in zone coverages and letting teams just, you know, letting good receivers find holes in, so, holes in a soft defense and just you know, working their way down the field. I want to see def- – I love defenses that force the issue, that force quarterbacks to make decisions sooner than they want to that make quarterbacks very un, un, uncomfortable. And I think Sean Desai has done a really good job of that. You know, you know, we, we heard him say in this press conference before the season, well, you know, I'm not big on blitzing. I think he's blitzed more in the last couple of games than I ever thought he would. 
to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's been effective when it had to be. Yeah, and I think he's look, he's got a tougher job, certainly, than in my opinion, than Johnson does. I mean, with the yeah. amount of new pieces on that side of the ball trying to get it to all come together. I I think that's he's got a way bigger challenge in front of him. Yeah, uh there's there's no question about it. Um the offense is self-contained, you know, and, and, and we see that. We we see that we sit here and we try to find things to critique about the offense. And yet the offense finds its measure of success. Mm-hmm. The defense is more of an open story because of the inconsistency. It, you know, when you, if you're like me, Rob, when you're watching the games, I'm also watching social media. And nice. social media, Eagles fans on social media is all over the board. It's like a roller coaster ride, man. They're, they're cheering a big one. All of a sudden, you know, fire this guy. They're too old. They're too slow. You uh-huh. know, he can't do this anymore. You know, what is the side thinking in this? Why didn't he do this? You know, and all of a sudden, hey, we got it done. You know, the final, the final analysis. It's all over the place. But that's understandable. We knew this going in. We knew this was going to be the case. You know, I thought I thought the defense would gel a little bit more by this, this point of a season. Yeah. But as I said earlier this week, and I believe I said it last week, I think this past defense is going to be suspect all season long. I do too. Yeah. It's the nature of the beast, right? I mean, you think about it. Blankenship's done a really nice job, but Blankenship's very young. Whomever's been lined up beside him, you know, it's been kind of a revolving door. Slay and Bradbury, let's face it, aren't the same players. I mean, they're still good, but they're not great shutdowns. Um, You've been searching for that nickel corner and you used Bradley Roby there, but the, the guy was literally on the street, you know, two weeks ago. And, and your linebacking core, and they've done a nice job. We talked about it earlier, you know, and if you didn't hear, N'Kobe Dean is practicing now and he could return as early as Sunday, but Morrow and Cunningham are are limited to some degree. So you're, you know, you, you're short a little bit beyond the defensive line. You're a little shy of talent uh, on the back end compared to teams like San Francisco and, you know, maybe Dallas, Um even the team like the Jets, you don't maybe don't have the same level of overall talent that those teams have. The good thing though is we we've seen levels of surprises and improvements. Jalen Carter has been a consistent stud in the trenches. Yeah. Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow have filled in admirably, both in the middle and the outside. Reed Blankenship Blankenship has been rock solid when he's been there. Uh, Justin Evans, when he was healthy, showed signs of of, of being a good one to come. Um, the, the, the defense as a whole has eight turnovers. Um, they've made plays of necessity when they've had to, whether it's turnovers or sacks. It's not complete, but it's not it's not totally unraveling as well. It, it can stand its ground when it has to. It's been rock solid. Let's face it, it's been rock solid across the board against the run. You know, so it, 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 it's shown t- signs of being better than worse, but there's still the one glaring problem of if they can't get home against quarterbacks and you're going to play some better quarterbacks, then the back end of that defense is a problem. Yeah, It's going to yeah. be a problem. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, the, the way this team ha- – here's how this team wins games. They have to score a good amount of points for sure. And their defensive line is going to have to get pressure on the quarterback. If, if opposing quarterbacks are left with a lot of time, the Eagles are going to be in trouble. It's just that simple. And 
for the most part, the Eagles defensive line has done a nice job. I don't think they've really exploded yet because we haven't seen Brandon Graham, you know, with a high sack total. We haven't seen you know, Josh Sweat's been good, but the, the sacks will come. I believe that Reddick it's starting to come now three in the last two games. Two games it's been yeah. there for, for Carter. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's how they have to win. They can't, they're not going to be a team that, um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of like 10, seven con. You don't see many of them in the NFL anymore anyway, yeah. but I don't think you're going to see a lot of that with the Eagles period. No. And, and I hate to say, it, I don't know if you'll see a, a, a double digit sack total from a Brandon Graham this year, considering how they're, they're playing him. You know, right. you look at the percentage that he's playing. Um, he's, he's fine with the percentage, but I think, um, it takes him a little while to get cranked up, you know, and get in the groove, and that's understandable. And I don't think he'll be as effective in a sack total as he was a year ago. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't. When you what is he playing like twenty something percent of the snaps, something like that, yeah. Which I thought you know, he played thirty two percent last year. Now it's down to twenty something, and they could have used him, you know, during the season with the multitude of injuries they've had. But the, here he is at twenty two something percent of the snaps. I get it. But I still think he can be effective out there in terms of being able to see things and relaying that information when offenses step to the line of scrimmage. Um, and I do think he, you know he's going to have that quick burst at 35. He's still going to have that quick burst when, when needed. Um, but they've decided to go full bore with Reddick and, and Josh Sweat playing the multitude of the snaps. You know, even Derek Barnett's t- you know, snaps are limited. And I'm surprised with that. That Barnett's been limited. He's not injured. I thought he would play a little, little bit more than he's played, but you know, the size decided I want these two guys out there as much as possible, and I can't argue against that when you look at the numbers they put up last year. I, I yeah, and I wouldn't um, look. I can't speak to why Barnett isn't getting the the snaps. I think they want to preserve BG for later in the year. I I, I think that's a big part. Yeah. Of, you know, at his age, so um, yeah, it's definitely something to watch. All right, let's come back, Derek. Let's talk NFL uh, because we we're going to do our power rankings for the top five teams in the league. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we will also dip into some of the injuries out there, some trades, uh, a lot going on, uh, as always, as there always is in the league. So we'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they are just a quick phone call away. They are experts at trimming all types of trees. They serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. Uh, You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. D-Gun. R. Ellis. Sports Take. What's up, Gunner? Living in your world, brother. That's all I'm doing. Hey, man, we're having fun. We're rolling into hour number three of the program already. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, no, he's not having fun. The the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is not good. Anthony Richardson out four to six weeks with that shoulder injury, and they're they're going to give it a little bit of time to see how it's healing up. And there's a possibility he could have to have surgery um, mm. on that shoulder. So that's a that's a tough blow. He had gotten off to a to a nice start uh, in his career, and the Colts, as a team, have definitely overachieved. You know, uh, considering some of the issues they had be- to start the season. I mean, lack of talent, the whole Jonathan Taylor thing. Although now he's back in the fold, but it looked like they were going to be one of the worst teams in football. They're not. Richardson in four games, uh, completing almost sixty percent of his passes, five hundred and seventy-seven yards. Uh, three touchdowns, one interception. He's been sacked seven times and an 87.3 passer rating, which, you know, all things considered for a rookie quarterback are pretty good numbers, Derek. Um, There's no question. But, you know, now that he's out, um, Rob, I don't think they're really in a bad place with Minshew, to be honest with you. Um, You look at what they've been able to achieve up to this point, okay? Now, they beat an up-and-coming Houston team. They caught yep. them at the right time. They beat Baltimore in overtime at Baltimore. They went to overtime again the next week and lost to the Rams. And then they turned around and beat a Tennessee team nobody, nobody thought that they could beat. Now, if Minshew's under center, and it's and they're going to ramp up, I just saw a report saying 
they're ramping up Jonathan Taylor's workload for this week. If you look at their schedule, Rob, if they continue to play the way they're playing at Jacksonville, Cleveland at home, Saints at home, Carolina at Carolina versus New England versus Tampa, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, right? they can have a winning record. Okay. And they can be right there at the end for the division title. Very possible. Yeah, very possible. I mean, look, they have a really good one-two punch now that Taylor's back, and Zach Moss has played well. Played uh, well, yeah. For them. So even though they don't have a lot of uh, passing options necessarily, uh, those two guys have, have been very good for them. And, you know, you point out they have a good defense. Um, I, I like some of their offensive linemen, uh, Quentin Nelson, you know, some of those guys. Yep. They, they, this is um, This has a potential – to be fixed pretty quickly there in Indianapolis. Get him, get get Richardson a couple weapons in the offseason to oh. be able to throw to, and they, they could be a problem, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, Shane Steichen has done an incredible job with a limited uh, roster of talent and starting a rookie quarterback as well, you know, um, and they're, they're three up and two down and right there at the top of their division through five games where nobody thought they would be at this point. They're playing, this is a season they're playing with house money, and right now, They've got more money in their pockets than they're dishing out, you know, when you consider what they have. It was a great pickup by Steichen to get Gardner Minshew there, who already knew his system and his offensive concepts. Um, you had a defense. You walked into a place with a good defensive nucleus, and you've taken your limited amount of pass catchers. Because you've been able to establish the game, your, 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 your marginal pass catchers have not been a glaring weakness on your team. If anything, has helped your passing game because teams are so concerned about your running game, and especially now that Jonathan Taylor is going to be back there with Moss, you know. Um, and you look at the schedule. Their schedule is not a stressful schedule. They can compete with most of the teams on that schedule. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I with agree you. with you. Yeah, he, he kudos to him. He, he's done a very good job for sure. Um, all right, beyond that, the uh, we saw this coming because he's been totally phased out. But Van Jefferson gets traded from the Rams to the Falcons. Uh, he was a guy who started off his career very well, looked like he was, you know, on track. And then he's been hurt. The production hasn't necessarily been there. You don't see nearly as much from him anymore. or didn't see nearly as much the, the last year or so or whatever. Um, even with cup out, he didn't, he didn't do much. And that's where, where Puka Natua and Tutu Atwell really shined. So they end up moving him uh, to the Falcons. Well, you know, the thing is, before the Rams game, we were talking about I, I was I was shocked. He only had eight catches through through four games. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. It wasn't that long ago. He he was an emerging primary target for, for Stafford out there with the Rams. And all of a sudden, these two 22-year and 23-year-old kids surpassed him. Even without Cooper Cup in the fall, you would think he's the veteran. He's been there. But obviously, Sean McVay identifies something early with these young kids. And that Jefferson didn't have, and he moved on from it. Great pickup for Atlanta. No question about that. Great pickup for them. But when you look at what Atlanta got in return, I mean, what the Rams got in return for them, mm-hmm. it just tells you that let's get them out of here. Let's move them out of here and just move on. You, you know, they didn't get a whole lot for him in return. No, it was, it was, a, yeah, it was basically he wasn't going to do anything here. He was going to be deactivated. We were eventually maybe going to cut him. I don't know, but but and you get something in return. But it, yeah, it's and it's get get some money off the uh, off the books. That's all. Yeah. Um, all right. So he gets traded. <laughs> this has been this has been unbelievable, Derek. The back and forth with the Cowboys and the Niners oh, since geez. the uh, since the beatdown Sunday night. So if you if you so Kittle had a big game, but the one touchdown that he scored, he pulls his jersey up. 
and I'm not going to repeat what the uh, what the T-shirt said, but you know, bleep the Cowboys. You get the gist of it, right? So he <laughs> he does that, and then uh, Micah Parsons is on his podcast, um, which he does. You know, decides he's got to fire back, saying, "Hey, I like Kittle, but you know, this thing got personal, and and you know, this and that, and you know." And the, Anyway, so then Debo goes on up in Adams with with Kay Adams and, you know, basically says, uh, careful what you what you wish for if, if you want us back, because it could be worse the next time than the 42 to 10 smackdown that we put on you. So this thing is this is fun. This is fun. Sit there um, and eat some popcorn while I'm, while I'm watching all this go down. When when will players learn, especially those who are on the short end of an embarrassment? to just take your lumps and move on and live to fight another day. Don't say anything. If you meet him again, then, you know, you let your actions do the talking. Um, You would think Michael Parsons, I understand, you know, you're a phenomenal player and you're speaking on behalf of your team. You don't like being, you know, disrespected the way that, um, you know, George Kittle disrespected you with that T-shirt. But did you not, did you not remember what, what the game looked like? Did you not remember that your vaunted defense got rail- railroaded for forty-two points? Mm-hmm. Did you did you not remember that that you did that you so don't pick now because a lot can happen. You, hey, Dallas might even, not even make the playoffs the way they're yeah. playing. Yep. Okay. Number one. Number two, you got holes in your defense. Okay. You're not as good. Hey, 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 hey Micah, you're not as good as the 49ers. They just showed you that on Sunday night. You have a long ways to go. Your quarterback is not even as good as Brock Purdy. You got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. And you you jawjacking with George Kittle, who, who just helped put a smackdown on you people? Really? Yeah. You need to worry about the next game instead of worrying about if you see them down the road in the future. Because you're not ready. Dallas, you ain't ready. Yeah. You got yeah. problems. I hear you, man. But this is, uh, this is one to monitor because I don't think Micah – or Debo are going to bite their lip. Like this is going to, this will continue to escalate. Uh, So it'll be, uh, be interesting, you know, to say the least, how that plays out. Uh, Speaking of the Cowboys, they'll play Monday night against the uh, Chargers who uh, are coming off a bye week and they'll be getting Austin Eckler back. Uh, He said, there's a 99% chance he'll play. He feels good. Uh, We know what a dual threat he is. So that'd be interesting game. You know, you wonder how the Cowboys bounce back from getting smoked the way that they did. And then the chargers are impossible to ever read. You never know if they're going to show up or not show up. Um, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, again, you know, you know, my, you know, my history with the chargers. Yeah. Um, they always have the potential and they always find a way to falter here. They are sitting at two and two right now. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this chargers team, to be honest. Now, if anything, Dallas is licking its wounds right now. I believe that game is in Los Angeles, it if is. I'm not mistaken. It is. Mm-hmm. All right. So Dallas, you have a lot to prove. You know, you you're right now, you're two games behind the Eagles. And after Monday night, you could be three behind because nobody expects the Eagles to lose to the Jets. So through through um, six games, you could be three behind already yeah. with, ten, with 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 uh, eleven to play. Mm-hmm. So. This is going to be an interesting game because Justin Herbert is very talented. Um, he has weapons. That defense is is is, is pretty good. Yep. Dak Prescott is under a lot of fire again. You know, mm-hmm. 
Going is his ineptitude. Three interceptions. Yep. No. Yeah, he's going to want to come out and, and make a good showing on a, on on the, the the Monday night platform. I, I can't wait to see this. One. I really I'm can't. With I'm with you, man. Hey, Twiz has a good question, Derek. Yeah. Because I I haven't seen any of our Cowboys weasels uh, in the chat. Oh, yeah. Where, where uh, that that giant rock where they all reside under? Every yeah. occasionally it gets flipped over, and then they all scurry out. Uh, I guess nobody flipped the rock over this week, right? And it must be what it is. You know where they are? They're probably on a psychiatrist's couch, get, couch getting therapy, or they're curled up on a couch or in their beds, hugging a pillow, you know, with a pacifier, trying to figure out what has happened to their team through five weeks. Yeah. And it's understandable. I mean, you know, on paper, you guys look pretty good coming out of the gate. But did you forget you still had Dak Prescott quarterback in your team and Mike McCarthy calling your plays? And obviously it has showed through five games, you know, just how I can't say average, a little above average, the Cowboys are because Cow Cowboys do have talent on their team. Mm -hmm. But you just got embarrassed on national TV. And all of a sudden, the Cowboy fans are nowhere to be found. They're all in the witness protection program. I promise you this, though. If they beat the Chargers on Monday night, we'll see them back again next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. We'll see them back again. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. Uh, beyond that, um, a lot of injury issues here. Buffalo loses two big pieces, Matt Milano and Daquan yep. Jones. Uh, they they got Von Miller back, but that's yep. two big blows there to that defense. So this is going to, you know, you wonder, you look at Buffalo, and is, is it going to be a matter of just them having to outshoot teams too with some of these injuries that they're dealing with? That's that's tough. Um they had a they had a real setback this past week. Did Buffalo? Uh, they were playing excellent football, but that's there were two real pieces they just lost right there. Their defense is nicked up, but I do still think they have enough personnel to be a pretty good defense if that offense continues to play like it did against Miami, not like it did against Jacksonville. Um, if they do, Buffalo Buffalo will take take care of its business and still control that AFC East. Yeah, um, they can't afford to lose many more because. Ed Oliver got nicked up in the last game. You know, he was out for a while. I don't know what his status is for the upcoming game, but he, you know, you lose Ed. If, if they have Ed Oliver and Von Miller in the trenches on that defense, you're still in a pretty good shape. With Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde on the back end, you're still in pretty good shape. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well said. Um, so, TJ Watt, this doesn't appear to be anything real serious, but we know sometimes this can hamper guys. Um, Hassan Reddick being an example, but he's got a bro he's got a dislocated finger that's got torn ligaments in it. Um, they're he's going to put a splint on it, tape it up. He'll play. They have a bye week, so it gets him a little bit of time of healing. Um, but it do that doesn't appear to be anything too serious uh, as far as he goes. T.J. Watt is the kind of player you have to put him in a straitjacket to keep him off the of field. Yeah, I think he would become the closest of any player in today's game to doing what a Ronnie Lott did. If it got to a point, he cut off a digit to get out there in the football field and <laughs> yeah. play the game. That dude was born to play football. Him and his brother, uh, JJ, were born to play football. TJ yeah. Watt, if he's medically cleared, will get out there. And I promise you one thing, he will have at least one sack. The fact that he has like 85 and a half sacks through seven seasons or six plus seasons, it's phenomenal. You know, yeah. And he lost a significant portion of last season because of a season-ending injury. That dude's phenomenal. You're not keeping him off the football Great field player. unless you strap him down, take his and take his helmet and his shoulder pads and hide him. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, 
All right, couple other couple other odds and ends here. Um, the Giants are uh, without Daniel Jones oh. and Darren Waller in practice today. Daniel Jones dealing with the neck. Uh, in fact, Brian Dable said it's a little more sore today than it was yesterday. Not a good Understandable. sign. Understandable. Uh, yeah, Waller's dealing with that hamstring issue, which he every time wants to tell you it's no big deal. But you know, we'll, we'll see. Those two guys out. Uh, for the Giants right now. It doesn't mean they're not going to play Sunday. I'm just saying they're out of practice today. And, and who are the Giants playing Sunday? Hmm. Uh, Giants are playing um, the Bills at the Bills. Yeah, see, if I'm, if, see if I'm, I'm Darren Waller. I'm thinking, hey, look, man, you know, when I get out of bed this morning, this injury felt kind of good, but all of a sudden I tweaked it. I don't, I don't know if I can go. Wait, wait a minute, Darren, it's only Wednesday. Yeah, but you know what? I know my body. I don't know if I can be out there Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can make it this week, Coach. Uh, yeah, I'm, I got you. I got I'm, you. I'm just giving you a heads up so you can call somebody up on the practice squad. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you, man. I'm being real with you. I don't know if I can make it this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, uh, that one, I'll tell you what. They are – I think they're already done. I don't but – they lose this week and they go to what one in what are they now? One in four. One in four. Yeah. They go to one in five, man. I mean, it is done, done, done. I mean, they'll be one in five and they still have to play the at the Cowboys. Oh. Um, they have to play at New Orleans. They have to play at the Eagles. They have to play at the Rams. They play the Eagles again. I, I mean, I know they've gone through already the pretty difficult part of the schedule. Like they played San Fran and Seattle and Miami and they'll play Buffalo this week. I get it. It's a little bit easier, but they're already screwed. I mean, if they lose this game in the Eagles win, Eagles are six and oh, and they're one and five, their playoff chances are done. Oh, and the thing is, they're not only losing Rob, they're getting slacked. I mean, they've given up in, in, in their five games, they've given up 40, 31, 30, 24, 31 points. And now you're going to play a Buffalo team that's ticked off that they lost to Jacksonville. And you got to play them. Oh my goodness! And they're the Sunday night game, also. Oh man, this is gonna, this is gonna be like this is gonna be it, man. This is this is like implosion city on Sunday night. Yeah. You know, Saquon. You don't know if he's playing. Daniel Jones neck injury. Darren Waller. If he, if he, let's look at the let me look at this depth chart. So if Jones is out, Tyrod Taylor. Well, he'll be running for his life. He could probably play. Matt Breida. The line, the line stinks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he will be. Um, Matt Breida is okay. He's an okay runner, but I think he was a better runner before he got to the Giants. Um, I still don't understand how Jalen Hyatt has not been more of a prominent figure. You know, I'm looking at right now, just their starting offense, Rob. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six players are listed as questionable on their starting offense. Six oh. questionable right oh now. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the last thing they need. I mean, it's the absolute last thing that they need. And to answer your Hyatt question, it's hard to connect with those guys, especially deep threats like him when you don't have time. You know, and I'm not excusing everything Daniel Jones has done. I'm just telling you, I don't know a lot of quarterbacks would have success behind that offensive line. And the fact that they haven't really yeah. had Saquon healthy and, and right for a while now just just doubles down on all their issues. Yeah, see, if, if, I, if, if I'm Darren Waller um... – I, I got to call a mulligan here. I, I just do. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't do it, Coach. I just can't. I, I, I know I tried the electrostimulation. It ain't working. I've mm-hmm. tried the Bengay. I've tried the yeah, icy hot. Um, 
it just ain't working, Coach. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm leaving you hanging like this. I get it, Coach. It's Wednesday. There's a lot of time between now and Wednesday. I'm just telling you, Coach, I can't make it Sunday night. I, I, I'll be there in spirit with you. Matter of fact, if you want me to, Coach, I'll be standing on the sideline with you also cheering the team on. I just physically can't get out this Sunday night, man, and give it a go. I'm just letting you know now. I'm just telling you, boys, I got to tell you right now. So Yeah. Um, so, uh, beyond that a couple, just to stay on the injury theme here, Mac Jones will, uh, this isn't an injury thing. This is a performance thing, but Mac Jones will be starting, uh, for the Patriots. That's another team that's doomed. They're done. They're done. The, the only question is Derek, is this the last year of Belichick? And I said to you before the yeah. season, I think they'll get, they'll let Kraft would absolutely, absolutely let him resign. No, there's no doubt about that. So it won't no. be a firing. But the question is, has Belichick had enough? And and does he move on to, to greener pastures? I he clearly isn't a personnel guy. No, no. You know. Um, he had his heyday. He had a nice 15-year run. Um, he, his team was was the team that other teams strive to be like for a 15-year span. Nothing lasts forever. And now it, it's it's the tail end of his his tenure in New England. But that's okay because uh, his pedigree will get him another job real quick if he so desires, even though he's, what, 70, 71? Mm-hmm. Um, he'll get, he'll get you know, he'll get another job, and he'll probably go somewhere where they've got decent talent. Now, if I was an organization. And, and, and a quarterback. And a quarterback. If I was an organization bringing in Bill Belichick, I would tell him one thing, and I would stand by this. Bill, we're going to pay you some good money. We're bringing you in here to coach. You're not picking the players. We have uh, people we trust to pick the players. All you have to do is make them work. But you cannot have a hand in picking the players. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Yeah. Hey, we'd love to have you. Now, we'll give you anything else you want, but you can't pick the players. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, if, you, if you can do that, welcome to our family. If you can't, good luck to you wherever you go. Plain and simple. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, beyond that. But, I mean, that's something we thought was unimaginable that's starting to get a little imaginable, you sure, know, sure. W- with Belichick. Um, this is, you brought this up. I want to hit two other things. Uh, Deshaun Watson still not practicing with the rotator cuff. Uh, no announcement of, of where that's going to go with uh, Kevin Stefanski. The uh, Chiefs get Nick Bolton back, which is a big addition for them from the ankle. We know yes. we know how disruptive that guy no is. He, he is really good. You brought this up when we were having our pre-show meeting. It's kind of interesting. Food for thought. I, I, I don't I don't see it coming coming, but I know it's been a discussion. Vikings are going nowhere fast. Nope. <laughs> if you're the Jets, are you are you making a phone call? I would. Why wouldn't Kirk Cousins? Yeah. I think Kirk Cousins could help salvage a season, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it might slip him in the back door. When you look at how all everybody's bumping each other off in AFC. Um, outside of Kansas City. Um, Think about this, Rob. Let me put it to you like this first. Outside of Kansas City, can you honestly sit here and say beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are guaranteed that you have five other teams that you know of that can make the playoffs in the AFC? Beyond Kansas City? Beyond Kansas City. Because Buffalo has lost. Baltimore has lost. Cleveland has lost. Miami has lost. You know, can you I would say, okay. I, I feel good about Miami. Okay. I feel good about, I feel good about Buffalo. I know they're three and two. Okay. I feel good about, uh, man. 
Yeah, I like I don't love Pittsburgh. I don't love Baltimore. I don't love what's happened to Cincinnati. Uh, I think yep. there's a lot of mediocrity in the in the South. You never know what the you never know what the Chargers are going to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you make yeah. a good point. Yeah, yeah. you make a good yeah. point. Um, if I can pull it off in the Jets, I make that trade. Why not? I mean, yeah. I would I would only sign him for the rest of the season, though. I'm not giving him long term because well, he's in the last year of his deal. So yeah, yeah. And Minnesota said basically we're not we're not talking about a new deal right now. You know, mm-hmm. I try to pick him up for the rest of this season. You know, I mean, Rodgers has already said he's coming back next year, so you're not going to pay him big money to come back, right? You know, so but this is about the here and now. And if we can get him for a marginal fifth, sixth round pick, you know, and the Vikings can see the fact that, hey, we're going to have a losing season. And supposedly next year, the quarterback pool is deep. Oh, it is. Uh, coming out of college. The quarterback pool is one of the deepest. Um, I might make that move. Okay. I just won't. It's an, it's an, I didn't think it. I didn't honestly consider it um, because it's so weird. Like, when was the last time we saw – <laughs> that kind of move in the NFL with a starting quarterback, you know, you don't, you just don't see it. Um, you, don't see it. You, you see those kind of, you know, more blockbustery kind of deals in other sports, I guess. Um, but th- no, it's definitely something to think about for sure. See, um, you know, people are looking yeah. at it like this. The Jets are two and three, but right. you get somebody, if you get a Kirk Cousins, he's better than Zach Wilson, right? Sure. He can read defenses. He can get the ball out. You know, he's got you got good weapons there. You got a good running game there. You know, you just got to manage the game. Okay, it's still not too late for somehow, some way, and that's why I said, as talented as the AFC is, is AFC uh, is they're bumping each other off left and right over there. Yeah, Jessica might be able to slip in the back door with the right with a quarterback, a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's to say they can't? No, I, I agree with you. I, I look if you if they you put Cousins on that team, it changes everything. Yes. Changes everything with Absolutely. that defense and with Garrett Wilson. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it changes everything with that team. I agree with you. Um, and, and look for what, whatever shortcomings he had as a, as a coach, Nathaniel Hackett's a good offensive coordinator. So yes. Yes. You, know, you would figure he could get cousins up to speed pretty quick uh, to have some success. All right. Uh, let's do some power rankings, my man. We have, it's been a minute. Okay. And we're we're gonna do the the NFL, not just conference, blah blah blah. Maybe we'll do the uh, we'll do AFC NFC on Thursday and Friday of this week, the next two days. But we'll this is just an overall through five games, so we're we're beyond the quarter pole. You know, we 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 are five in on a seventeen game uh, schedule. So um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You want to wor- uh, we'll work backwards. We'll go five through one. Where, well, where are you? Since, since you presented it in the pre-show meeting, my friend. The floor is yours. Okay. All right. I want to see if, if once again we're we're in sync here. All right. Uh, number five, the Detroit Lions. I, I go with Motown. They've won three straight. You and know just, wait, just so yeah. you know, I can't. Then I'm not cheating. I'm going to hold my pad like this, so you know that I'm not scribbling stuff in. I'll keep my hands right here. We trust you. Come on, man. Um, you know they're averaging 29.6 points per game. They're yep. scoring at a high rate. Their defense is getting better. Uh, you know, Dan Campbell is more than just the, you know, like excitable guy. He looks like a really good coach that they bought in. And I'll tell you, props to Jared Goff. He has really turned things around in Detroit where it looked like he was just going to be written off. Um, and, and, you know, they, they did it last week with, they put 42 up last week without Amon Ross St. Brown. 
That's right. So that's impressive. And and they, you know, they're getting some bodies back and they did a good job drafting the Sam Laporta kid who's the tight end. Anyway, I'll go Detroit five. Okay. Four, Miami. Okay. Miami Dolphins four. Um, you know, so far so good with with Tua staying healthy. They have an explosive offense. Now losing Devon Kane, A Kane is a huge loss for them going on the IR. That guy was a home run hitter in every sense of the word. So that's a shame. But with Mostert and the, and the receivers and everything else they have, I think they'll be okay. I really do. I think it's a tough loss, but they'll be okay. Okay. All right, Miami's four. I have the Chiefs at three simply okay. because they lost a the game um, and they and they squeaked past the Jets. I, I for those two reasons, I you know I can't buy into them completely yet. But they're getting healthier. They get Nick Bolton back. You never write off Mahomes ever under any circumstance. But right now they're three because they do have a loss on their ledger. Two is the Eagles. I have the Eagles at number two simply because even though they're undefeated and they are the defending NFC champions, uh, they haven't looked as clean and the games haven't been quite as convincing as the team. I'm going to tell you that's number one. But I like the way the Eagles are trending because the passing offense is coming on. I like the adjustments the Cy made. Uh, in the last game, and I truly believe that they're going to step into the toughest part of their schedule at six and zero. That's a right. nice, nice right. build up to, to get there. Number one's the Niners. I mean, look, they are they're taking teams apart. They're taking almost everybody apart. They have all kinds of diversity on offense with McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Debo and Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, and their offensive line's done a nice job better than I thought they would do. Um, and then defensively, you're talking about Fred Warner. Yeah, we're with Nick Bosa. We're talking about some of the best players in the game uh, on that side of the ball. And they're only adding pieces. Hafunga, who's an absolute monster. Cool. And they're only adding people to that team. So, uh, yeah, it's San Fran, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, Lions right now for me. Wait, can you see it? San Fran, Eagles, Chiefs, Miami, Lions. Wow, man. <laughs> Brilliant minds think alike. Brilliant minds think alike. That is crazy, man. The funny, that is the crazy. funny thing is, Detroit's defense is ranked number six in the league right now. They're only giving up 21 points a game. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, uh, that's where we thought they were going to be, you know, yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I put Miami ahead of them because I think Miami's offense is still, even though Miami's defense is giving up 29 a game, Miami's offense is so much more explosive to me. As good as Detroit's offense is, yeah, Miami's offense is more explosive. I think. Yeah, um, I agree. I think they've they, they, potentially, although you always you can't with Mahomes, you always give the nod to Kansas City. But I think Miami has the most explosive offense in the game in, of anybody. I, I couldn't agree more. Kansas City is doing the same thing it did last year. It's not a team that's blowing people out. They just find ways to win. Yep. That's what they did last year. Yeah, all they the kind of lie in the not that they're lying in the weeds. They're four yeah. and one, but still yeah. they're five, whatever they are. Four but they're not. But you know what? They're not dominating teams. No. They're, they're making the plays when they have to. You know that's exactly what they did through twenty games last year. Mm-hmm. Seventeen times out of twenty, they made the necessary plays when they had to with a bunch of kids on defense. Don't don't get that wrong. And with Chris Jones out there, he makes a world of difference on that defense. And he's back happy now with his new contract. And Kansas City right now through five games is doing exactly what it did last year. You cannot count out a Patrick Mahomes. You cannot count out out, um, a Kansas City offense that is one of the most creative offenses in the NFL. 
they draw plays you've never seen before in the NFL. They use formations you just don't see, mm-hmm. and they're successful with them. Yeah. yeah. Kansas City, and they're still the defending champs. until Unless you know something I don't know, Kansas City's still the defending champs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Eagles, obviously, we talk about it all the time. Eagles are not that machine yet offensively, but they are very good. You got 400-plus yards of offense in four consecutive games, and you're still evolving as an offense? Right. You know, even though your defense is not going – see, last year, for the most part, the defense equaled the offense. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the case no. this year. No, it's not going to be – like the numbers across the board last year just blew you away. It's not Absolutely. It's not what it's going to be this year. And I know people in this region need to hear it, but I, at least people are honest enough to admit it. San Francisco is the most complete team right now in yes. the NFL. On both sides of the football, in terms of talent and depth, they are the most complete team in the NFL. Brock Purdy does not have to be an elite quarterback to run Kyle Shanahan's system. He's still undefeated in regular season games. Yeah, they don't lose. They don't lose with him or McCaffrey in the regular lose. season. They, they, they just don't lose. don't lose. You know, and the um, you know who is it? Who is it? Told me uh, Seth Joyner told me it's a crime. It's a crime that the league allowed McCaffrey to be traded to San Francisco. I, I thought that was one of the. I, I, that's, I thought that was one of the funniest lines I'd ever heard. I said, you know what? It is a crime when you look at how they use him. When you look at how they use him, it's it's just phenomenal to watch. Can he stay healthy? If you're a 49ers fan, keep your fingers crossed and hold your collective breath every time he touches the ball. You know, yeah. but right now, he, I think he's the leading candidate for MVP. To be honest, yeah. I mean, the the problem, and he didn't even have a huge game against the Cowboys, but I agree with you. I mean, he he's putting up crazy numbers, but the problem is, Derek, he's already had 99 carries. Yes. And he's had 20 catches already through five games. That's a lot. Like they need to dial some of that back. Get Elijah Mitchell involved a little bit more and pick and choose your spots a little bit more. I think, I I think, you know, I know I get it. You know, when he rips off a run for, for 15 yards, you want to just keep going to him, but they gotta, they gotta ease off a little because he's going to go down. Yeah. um, with Um, A part of that is due to the fact too. Debo is nicked up for a couple of games. So, you know, now he's getting healthy again, but, when you look at the collection of, 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 of players they have on offense and all the motion that Shanahan likes to use, and every time the ball snapped, defense is out of position. I can't think of another team that consistently has players wide open in the middle of the field on passing routes mm-hmm. than San Francisco. They're like, what the heck is going on here? Nobody's been able to figure this out yet. And Brock Purdy doesn't have the strongest arm, but he doesn't make mistakes with the football. That's yeah. all you need. That's it. You that's know, when, yeah. when, when Garoppolo was in his heyday with the Niners, that's what made Garoppolo so good, is that the team around him was so good he didn't make mistakes. Yeah, I think Brock Purdy's a vet, better version of Garoppolo. You know, I, in terms of delivering the. Goods. I agree. That's a good. That's a good comp. Yeah, yeah. that's a good comp. Yeah, in, in he's he's let he's less prone to turnovers. Yes, Purdy yes. is than, yes. than Jimmy G is. Yeah, I mean nine touchdowns, no interceptions. He's playing excellent. He, he's completing 72% of his passes. That's a huge number, 72%. A 123.1 passer rating. I mean, he's he just looks comfortable in what they ask him to do. They don't ask him to do too much, and it's 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 fine. You don't need to be a hero, man. Just keep keep feeding those weapons. Now, when when you – and, Rob, when you look at um, the, the how the plays are distributed, um, the Niners have thrown the ball 137 times. And they've ran the ball 173. That's a nice balance. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad balance at all. You know, they're averaging four and a half yards a carry running the football. And they're averaging 9.3 yards per pass play. Brock Purdy is averaging 254.2 through the air. He's only been sacked eight times. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. The line's done a nice job and they get the ball out. You know, I mean, it's what a else do you want? What yeah. else do you want? No, I think I think if you look at it, um, if you were like we said, if you're looking just at the NFC, it's like for my money, it's San Fran and the Eagles, one, two, and then then you the Lions. I think the next tier is the Lions. Yes. Maybe Seattle. Yes. And then the Cowboys. But but I Cowboys. think there's a big drop after the first two teams. I I agree. I, I honestly agree. If those two teams stay healthy, I, I agree that the other teams, as good as they are, the only the only way it makes you a little nervous is if you have to go to their place. I think Detroit and Seattle playing big games at home will make uh will make Niners and Eagles fans a little bit more nervous than they should be, especially with the play the trickery plays that Detroit likes to run. You know, they they like they like to run gadget plays in Detroit. And they're very successful with, it. and they're fearless too. They're like, fearless. like they operate, yeah, at, at a fearless nature. Yep. So that that's I'm just I'm I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised when you started rattling off the list of your your, your power ranking. As soon as you said Detroit, I said we have the exact same. I guarantee we have the exact same five in order. Sure enough, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, well that's where they stack up. Uh, all right, we'll get a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll, we'll Yo, couple, baby. Yeah, we'll hit a couple different things when we come back. Uh. Sixers playing tonight, D-Gun. Woohoo! Uh, so we'll we'll discuss a little bit of that. Uh, a bunch of other things. We have we got a good birthday day today. We have good movie day today. So we'll dip into all those kind of things. A couple other updates from around the world of sports. We'll give our Phillies predictions tonight. Uh, NOLA predictions as well. We'll do all those things. Don't go anywhere when we come back. We are Sports Take. He's Derek. I'm Rob. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Appreciate you hanging with us. Uh, if you could hit that like button, friends, we do appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed, tell a friend, all that good stuff. All right. So uh, a couple of things, Gunner. This one, uh, it's sad. Uh, you, hopefully she'll be able to pull through here. Remember Mary Lou Retton, who Absolutely. was so great in the 84 Olympics? The darling of America back in the day, yes. 16 years old, uh, came out of nowhere at West Virginia, ends up winning yes. you know, gold and all that. Uh, apparently she's fighting for her life with a rare form of pneumonia that the doctors are having trouble treating. And she's, she's been in ICU for, for the better part of a week, according to her daughter and is, is really, they're saying like clinging to life kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to hear. It's still in the prime of her life, man. I'll tell you what, these viruses and stuff that are coming out nowadays, man. And I don't know, you know, you don't know who's telling the truth and who's not on what's what anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's really sad, man, that, um, you know, a lot of this stuff we're going through nowadays, I never thought I would live to see some of the stuff that we're dealing with. And, you know, you know I can still remember, man, she once she did what she did in the Olympics, man, she could she just owned America everywhere. Every talk show commercials yeah, it was everywhere. And, you know, she was a little bitty thing, you know, yeah, too. and seemed like a really nice person. So, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's not not, sad, sad to hear that happen. Yeah, hopefully, wow. you know, hopefully she'll she'll pull through. So I uh, saw that. I don't know if you if you saw this highlight because I, I I wouldn't blame people if they're not real locked in on preseason NBA basketball. But right. uh, did you see Dylan Brooks last night? What no. he did? No. So he plays for the Rockets now. He was ejected less than five minutes into his first game with Houston for a flagrant two where he basically punched Daniel uh, Tice in the groin. Why? Tice was setting a screen and Brooks kind of comes past and gets him, you know, in the jewels uh, pretty hard with a shot. And uh, I mean, this guy, you can't even get through the preseason without this craziness. Well, you know what it does? It makes the next person who's setting the screen think twice about setting the screen. (laughs) Or if you do, you know, you 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 got to put the cup on if you gonna set a screen against this dude. We'll turn on the angle like this. Oh turn my god! Yeah. Uh, uh, so the way the way Brooks described it, you ready for this? I tried to navigate a screen. I might have tapped him below the waist, 
but he got right back up. I don't know. It's weird that every time it happens to me, I get picked on. I guess it's part of my reputation. Oh, the okay. The it's you. Mentality. Oh, okay. You're being picked on. Okay. Everybody's picking on me. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, phenomenal. I mean, unbelievable. That's um, sad when you got when you when you play him. Part of your your pregame speech is okay. First of all, protect the family jewels. Yeah, you correct. Know, he's on the court. Yeah. Know where he is at all time. If he starts twitching like this, just get away from him. Just back off from him. Let him have his space. <laughs> Give him his personal space. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. I know. Chuck Hudson's right. He'll be shanking somebody next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right. So the Sixers play tonight uh, against the Celtics, Derek, at, at the yeah. Wells Fargo Center. First of all, Considering there's a Phillies game across the street, a playoff game, and I know the Phillies are two hours earlier. I mean, there's going to be like plenty of good seats available if you want to go to the Sixers game. But let me put it to you like this: Yeah, over under for for seats for people in attendance to that game. I'm putting at ten thousand. Ten thousand under under under. under I'm going to go seventy five hundred. I'll go. Okay. All right. No, and by the way, no Embiid, nope. no Harden, nope. no Cork Moss again tonight. There, there's no. here's the thing. It, Harden's not going to play in any of these preseason games, right? No, you know, heck no. Yeah, we're not going to see him. Well, you know, he might play on a road one because he won't get booed. <laughs> he might play in a road preseason. I don't game. even know if we'll see that, but yeah, yeah I hear. You. I, I want to. You know what? I, first of all, I wonder if he's even going to be in in, in in the arena. He, he I, I would imagine you're on the team. You should be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Secondly, the best thing that happened for him is the Phillies playing tonight because if the booze rate down, they won't be that prominent because it, it'll be so empty in the Wells Fargo Center. Well, I yeah, it was, I saw uh, Michael Rubin was on a podcast with Patrick Beverly, and yeah. Michael Rubin used to be the Sixers owner. He's the owner yep. of the Fanatics, uh, you know, sports paraphernalia and, and gear yep. and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so um, he basically he and Pat, Pat Beverly was praising Harden. He's in great shape. You know, he's been locked in since he got to us. Michael Rubin said, if I were still own, it wasn't handled properly by ownership. He said, if I was still there, this wouldn't have happened. And I love James. Nobody knows how much James wants to win this. I mean, it was a love fest between those two and James Harden and, and, and Rubin and Harden are buddies. You know, they're, they're, they're always right. hanging out. Right. Right. And that. You know, my thing is like, that's all well and good. And, and, and I appreciate those guys giving you a sort of a different stance than what we've been hearing a lot of about Harden, but I'm sorry, I can't get past the fact that he 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 came up as small as you could come up in Game Seven, in, in, in crunch time in Game Six, um, and and you know all this stuff in the off season. It's like we're just going to overlook all this stuff. I, I know. Sorry, I can't. I know. And to break it up for a moment, you know, we were talking about Belichick, and so all of a sudden, uh, Robert Kraft is trending on X slash Twitter, oh and the Athletic says, I mean, this generalized story. The yeah, Athletic yeah. says, uh, some believe Belichick has earned the right to go out on his own. But Robert Kraft has grown frustrated over the Patriots' recent shortage of success. If you think he would not fire Belichick, you're wrong. Um, New York Post says, Robert Kraft downright angry with Belichick as job security questions grow. Mm-hmm. Um, more Robert Kraft downright angry. So this is coming from somewhere. Um, first take. If I'm Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, I call Bill Belichick, and here's what I tell him. You're no longer the GM for this franchise. You can coach, but that's it. So, obviously, this is an evolving story. It's starting to pick up a little steam here. 
Yeah, so keep keep in mind, you know, and I I don't mean this disparagingly, but Robert Kraft's not a young man, and Robert Kraft no. No. wants to win uh, another Super Bowl, you know, before his, you know, before his time comes. So, exactly. yeah, the notion that it's impossible for him to to, again, I don't think it will be termed a firing. I think it will be, uh, we've chosen our own paths. You know, we're going our separate ways, and and blah blah blah. And it, you, the, it'll be fun. Like, hey, this gives Bill a chance if he wants to continue to coach. But we need a new voice, and you know, you know, all that happy bleep that they throw out there from from PR people. That's what it'll be. That's mm-hmm. how this will play out. It, it, look, there. He the other or the other thing is Belichick. I, I don't think he will do this because he's so prideful. Decides right. I'll just coach and let somebody else pick the players. Mm-hmm. It's the only other way this works, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen. No, I don't either. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't in any way, shape, or form think that's going to happen. You know, when stories like this come out, you know, initially you say, "All right, people are just throwing stuff up against the wall to see if it sticks." But when you look at the prominent entities that are putting them out there, the Athletic, the New York Post, you know, there's some substance behind them. You know, Agreed. and Agreed. so. Do you think it's possible that Belichick might not finish out the season? I don't think the legendary that. I, Belichick. See that I'll disagree with. I think he absolutely okay. finishes the season. But I, but I, the, the notion that he's a lock to be the coach next year, I've never bought that. I don't think that's the case. But he will finish okay. this year. I think. Huh? Uh, let me give you the Phillies lineup today, Derek. It's out. Remember, five oh seven start. So we're not all yep. that far off. Uh, Schwarber leading off DHing. Turner hits second at short. Harper hits third at first. Bohm hits cleanup at third. Stott hits fifth at second. Real Muto six catching. Castellanos seven in right field. Uh, Marsh gets the start in left field against the righty. He will bat eighth. And Rojas gets the start in center field. He will bat ninth. So Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Bohm, Stott, Real Muto, Castellanos, Marsh, Rojas for Aaron Nola. That is the. Uh, hey, that that's, that's a heck of a lineup. That's a winning yes. lineup right there. That's a good lineup. Uh, I, I got another one for you. Um, Roger Goodell's um, contract extension not done yet, but it's this this saying they don't think it does any way, shape, or form. It does not get done. This is coming from front office sports. Roger Goodell is nearing a three year extension that will push him to 700 million in career earnings. His most recent annual salary is believed to be near 64 million dollars. Is the commissioner of the NFL worth 64 million a year compared to what the players have to go through to, to make their product, to make, to make the owners the kind of money and the commissioner the, and the league office, the kind of money. Are those entities worth that much more than the players who walk away debilitated and, and, you know, and some of them uh, mentally and psychologically damaged for life. Yeah. I mean, the short answer, Derek is it's a, it's an owner's league. And Goodell works for the owners, and it, it it is much more slanted towards just making the owners money hand over fist than it is wow. worrying about the ultimately the health of these guys as you know as they age and, and when they're out of the game. I just I, I I I mean that's an absurd amount of money. Wow, but it tells you how much that league is making. Mm-hmm. It just does, you know. I mean, it's you if you can get in on in on owning a team. I mean, even though you're paying a, a, a king's ransom, you you will make money if you stay at it long enough. You will. And Adele uh, gets a lot of credit for the league being financially where it is in terms of uh, tapping into streaming, 
these big money contracts that are about to come into place, bigger than what they were. We the, the last set of contracts we were just flabbergasted. The numbers are even bigger with this new contract coming up. Yep. So, yes, we understand Rod, Rogers made a lot of money, but you can't make the money without the players. No, no, no. And and this is why I go back to the NFLPA. Like they have never done themselves justice, uh, in my opinion. They're the product, man. You know, we're not watching the NFL for Roger Goodell or or Josh Harris or, you know, whatever, Robert Kraft. We're yeah. watching it for these yeah. players. So I, I just it, – it, it's not going to – he's not going anywhere. First of all, if you're the owners and, and you're happy with having a puppet in place who's going to make you a ton of money, he's going to stay, right, number one. Number two, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're Goodell, why would you ever step away from this? I mean, you you just keep making this kind of insane salary, man. He's staying on as long as he can. They're going to have to pry that job from him. He has lifetime health benefits, dude. Yeah. He gets a helicopter, private helicopter, private plane. Yep. Why would you walk away from a job like this? You wouldn't. You wouldn't under any circumstance. It's the most high profile executive job in all of pro sports. Why would you walk away from that? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, All right, let's do some birthdays. You ready? Birthdays. Let me get my tablet here. Let me get all set up there, buddy. Some good sports figures uh, uh, today. All right, Steve Young. Steve yep. Young, 62 years young today. No pun intended. He is 62 uh, today is Steve Young, Hall of Famer. T.J. Watt, we talked about him earlier, a little finger injury, but he should be okay. Yep, he is the, 29. Huh? Yep, from the great town of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, I just want to know. Great fishing lake. Pewaukee Lake, one of the best fishing lakes in Wisconsin. Okay, Is that near Is that near where you grew up, your hometown? It's, south, it's a little south of Milwaukee. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Cardi B. Cardi B is 31 B. years old today. She was older, man. You never know sometimes. Maybe there's some fudging going on there. You never know. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Uh, Luke Perry, formerly 90210, uh, was born on this day, 1966. Passed away young, unfortunately. Uh, Luke Perry. Good actor. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, who was FDR's wife, of course, uh, first lady for the longest stretch, longer than anybody else in the history of the White House. Also someone who did a ton for civil rights, for women's rights, uh, was a very... Very active, very smart woman who who tried to help people in her role. Uh, yep. So I give her a lot of credit. Uh, Emily Deschanel, I yep. think that's how you say it, uh, is 47 uh, yep. years old today, yep. the actress. Uh, Matt Bomer is 46, the actor. Jane Krakowski, uh, who's been in a lot of different things, is 55 years old, also yep. a, a stage actress as well. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, actress, is 38. Joan Cusack, uh, sister of John Cusack, yep. actress, 61 today. She was great in Working Girls. Yep. She was. She's good. She's funny. She's got a very funny way about her, uh, Joan Cusack. Dusty Rhodes, the the old uh, the old wrestler, was Let me tell you something, baby. Every, yeah. Baby. Yeah. He was good. Uh, 1945, he was born. The great Daryl Hall of Hall & Oates is 77. Man, he looks good for his age. Pottstown's uh, own. Yes. Pottstown's own. Temple's own. Um, Lenny James, the actor. Great actor. The Walking He's awesome. Dead, great actor. Look at look him up if you don't know the name. You, when you see the face, you'll know. Uh, you see him in a lot of things. Uh, T. Suggs, Terrell Suggs, 41 yeah. today. What a career! He had. 139 career sacks. He was a beast. He was, man. Uh, Mike Conley Jr., still doing his thing, 36 years old. Michelle Wee is 30. Yeah. God, I remember when she was like a phenom at 14. Isn't that something? Oh, 34. Crazy. Uh, David Morse, the actor, is uh, 70 years old. 
uh, today. That's all the birthdays I have. What else do you have? Uh, you have uh, Ron Liebman, uh, who played Norma Ray, and, and it was on Friends for a while, born in 1937. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery uh, from the Boondock Saints movie is 58. Uh, David Morris, the green, he was in the movie Green Mile, 12 Monkeys, Disturbia, mm -hmm. 70 today. Rapper MC Light is 53. Yep. Uh, the great Norm Nixon yeah. um, is 68 today. And now so John Miller was born on this day. Um, I forgot. Great, to put great, play, great uh, baseball man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he was born on this day today. Yep. That's it. <laughs> uh, Bryce Harper, you'll like this, Gunner. Showed up for the game today. Yeah. In a prime uh, Deion Sanders shirt. What? T-shirt. Underneath his underneath his what? flannel, he's got the what? flannel unbuttoned with a Coach Prime shirt on. So he's ready for business. He's got the he's got the eye of the tiger with his Prime shirt on, man. Now that you've said that, I would expect to see Bryce Harper attending a Colorado game before when the season's oh, over. Oh, totally could see that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that happening. See, considering he's he's from Vegas. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I absolutely could see it. Captain Phillips was today. If we're doing the movies. Twenty thirteen, yeah. Captain Phillips. Uh, the Transporter, very good movie if you haven't seen yeah, it. Love it. Uh, uh, awesome, Statham. Uh, Fractured, 2019. Yep. Romeo and Juliet, uh, one of the the remakes. Revisions, yeah, uh, yeah. 2013. Uh, Gemini Man, which pretty solid. Will Smith. Yeah. My life was one of his better yeah. ones. But it was all right. It was all right. 2019. Uh, Drop Dead Fred from back in the day, 1991. What else do you have? Uh, the Adams Family, one of the remakes, 2019. Uh, and Machete Kills. Machete. You ever watch those Machete movies? Machete. <laughs> well, yes. 2013. Yes. Uh, <laughs> is it Dan? Is it uh, what's his name? Danny. Uh, Danny Garcia. No. Oh, come oh on. So, Danny Trevino. Oh my goodness. How am I drawing a blank on? Wait, wait. No, I know Tone knows. Danny Tri Trio. That's it. Yeah, Danny, Danny Trejo. Uh, yeah, he's it. awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Mario, uh, appreciate it. Thank you, Mario. Uh, all right, everybody, we got a roll. I uh, want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone producing the program. Good job, Tone. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you, everybody, in the chat section for all the uh, all the fun uh, that we always have. Thanks, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, and don't go anywhere because you have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Gunner and I back at it tomorrow. We will recap the uh, the Phillies and the Braves. Game and three, we'll look ahead to the Eagles and the, and the Jets. I think a win tonight. I think Nola pitch as well. I got the Phillies winning the game, D-Gun. I, I agree with you, and I just want to say enjoy the game, enjoy the crowd, you, enjoy driving through all that that, that mush, <laughs> enjoy it all. I will be mush. with you in spirit. I will be with you in spirit. My, I all will right. be your spirit animal today. Look for as me as on the broadcast. As I sit here in front of this big screen TV with food in my lap, a bathroom right down the hall, enjoying every moment. All of right. It. Enjoy your time. We'll talk tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. 